The following is an exclusive presentation of Pirate Radio Digital Media. Brought to you by Brown and Wood, Buick GMC, Cadillac and Mazda. Hey, Pirate Nation, this is Tom Brown from Brown and Wood Cadillac. We've been serving the Pirate Nation in eastern North Carolina for 83 years. We have four brands, three generations, two showrooms, and one goal, to make sure you leave a happy customer. We're located on Greenville Boulevard next to the convention center, or shop us online at brownandwoodauto.com. The following is an exclusive presentation of Pirate Radio, the voice of the Pirate Nation. Welcome to Pirate Radio Live. You can paint this with purple. Now live from the Pirate Radio studios in the heart of the Pirate Nation, here is your host, Clip Brock. All right, it is a lovely day in eastern North Carolina and a great day to talk sports with you on Pirate Radio Live. Coming to you uh, on Pirate Radio 92.7. FM in Greenville, 104.1 in Washington, also on 1250 and 930. And you can listen to us online, PR927FM.com, and watch the show on Facebook Live and on YouTube, as uh, you can watch the program there. We got a lot of great stuff up on our YouTube page, channel, panel, change, uh, including what Mike Houston had to say earlier today at his weekly press conference. You can watch that video on pirate radio tv on youtube we've got the audio coming your way on this very program also some guests to get to including coming up at four o'clock the uh, former east carolina db color analyst on the pirates img sports network kevin monroe will get his thoughts on east carolina's loss to south carolina on saturday and the tough trip coming up to huntington west virginia this saturday as the Pirates take on the Marshall Thundering Herd. So, KMO will join us at 4 o'clock at around 4.20 or so. We'll talk to the big man on campus, Jeff Nadeau. His thoughts on ECU Marshall from a gambling perspective. Also, uh, look at the other games going on in week three of the college football slate. Not too many headliners, but we'll run over some good games and some bad games that Jeff uh, has found an edge in gambling-wise. So, we'll get you ready for week three of the college football season in the 4 o'clock hour. At the tail end of the 4 o'clock hour, on into the 5 o'clock hour, we'll talk to Stephen Igloo from Hoist the Colors, as Iggs will join us to recap Mike Houston's press conference, take a look at the depth chart, and... Uh, you know, talk about what he saw in the South Carolina game and look ahead to Marshall. So our Bud Light EC report with Stephen Igloo on the way at around 440 and on into the 5 o'clock hour. All right, Robert Matthews is already chiming in on Facebook Live. He says, Clippers! Clippers! All right. Steve says, sweet new shirt, Clipper. And you know what, Steve? I have to agree with you. This is a sweet shirt. Check out Chan Man's polo. That's pretty hot as well. As uh, we got some new uh, team gear here at Pirate Radio. Look good, feel good, talk good. There you go. How you looking and feeling? I'm feeling good, and I guess that's because I'm looking good. I guess new so. polo shirt. I guess so. All right, Shirley Rhodes alongside as well. Hello, Shirley. Hello, Clip. How are you? I am fine uh there's a lot of stuff going on in the kitchen is there a bunko coming up shirley is yes that, it's bunko night okay. and i am the hostess which means i am responsible for the prizes oh 
Hence the bags in the back. Those the, presents aren't for me? Nope. Not for you guys. <laughs> the hostess Sorry. with the mostest, Shirley Rhodes, uh, tonight playing some Bunko action. All right, let's get into the rundown today. And you forgot about Zay. Zay Jones last night. First of all, what a great Monday night football game. That was unbelievable. Kind of boring-ish in the first half, and then things really picked up in the second half. Lamar Jackson, if I'm a Ravens fan, I'm probably more excited than I am upset. Week in, week out with Lamar Jackson, I definitely am. He's a former MVP. They go to the playoffs. They have trouble winning in the playoffs. He makes the most spectacular plays and then just some really brutal fumbles. Uh, for Lamar Jackson last night that hurt his team. I, I can't even describe everything that went down, but they, they go to overtime. Derek Carr looked amazing uh, in the, the fourth quarter, and had Jacobs running the ball. Brian Edwards got going late. Darren Waller uh, hopefully has just been hooked up to oxygen all day today. They used him. He had like literally 20-some targets in the game, I think, last night. Uh, but they go to overtime – Raiders are going in. Raiders think they scored a touchdown. Uh, Brian Edwards catch, lunges for the goal line. They call it a touchdown. Everybody's celebrating. And that's the craziest thing is that everybody was on the field giving hugs, yeah. about to swap jerseys and yeah. like take pictures with each other's jerseys. Raiders fans are celebrating first game in Vegas in the regular season. They got like confetti. Like, Hold the phone. And then they go to the review. Uh, they see that he is, and they made the right call. He was right. just short. Oh, he was way short. And then um, <laughs> it, it was funny because as they were showing the people on the field congratulating each other, they showed the replay, and I'm sitting there, and I'm like, all right, this game is not over. Yeah, it's on the one-yard line. Just go ahead and put them back on the one-yard line. They'll punch it in. Uh, that's not exactly how it went. They false start, of course, because they're the Raiders. And then eventually, Derek Carr uh, has Rob Cast disease, throws it a million miles per God, hour. He, he swung that <laughs> ball right off that guy's head. It was Willie Sneed. Uh, I get what? It went through his hands, and it hit a raven in the helmet. Probably concussed him. It was coming in so hot. And then the ball's picked off. Uh, Ravens can't score. Raiders get it back. And then Shirley Rhodes. Let's hear from the best play-by-play man in sports kevin harlan on the call right here on pirate radio walk-off winner for an east carolina pirate now Carr is running back on the field and the <laughs> field goal unit is coming off what in the world is going on out they here want, they want to get closer i guess. second down and 14 344 to go the field goal unit was so slow to get on the field they got to delay a game so they moved it back to the baltimore 31 so it's second down and 14. Carr is in the gun. 31-yard line to Baltimore. What else can happen, Kevin? I don't know. Let's see. Carr's going to get the shotgun snap. They blitz from the side. It's picked up. He throws an arching pass down the side. It's caught at the five. Touchdown, Zay Jones. The Raiders have won. And a touchdown pass of 31 yards. What kind of blown coverage from the Ravens when Zay Jones was wide open downfield? That's lived by the sword, died by the sword. They went complete man across the board, expecting the Raiders to hand the football off and not throw it in that situation. 
The Raiders took a chance. Derek Carr bought some time knowing that they were going to get the all-out blitz. Lost him in second in the secondary. And Zay Jones comes running wide open in a great throw by Derek Carr. There you go. I believe uh, Boomer Assassin. I want to say yes. Along with Kevin Harlan on the call last night as the Raiders win it late night walk-off fashion in overtime. And congrats to Zay Jones. Two catches on the night, 46 yards, but a big 31-yard touchdown uh, to win the game for the Raiders. And you heard it there. I forgot about what led up to that. It just It went from a decent game to like an all-time game of the year game to an overtime it looked more like a preseason game. With the penalties, with the turnovers, with the, the Raiders running on and off the field, they were going to kick a game-winning field goal and got to delay a game, so the offense runs it was back crazy. on the field. It was crazy. Everybody forgot what they were doing. It just got too late there and then when in the, the Vegas night. And when the touchdown pass play was happening, when it began – I thought to myself, what is he doing? He just started running Carr straight back. Carr was doing like Madden. And threw it <laughs> off his back foot. Yeah. And me and my roommate were like, uh-oh, because it looked like he was just throwing it up for it to get picked. Yeah. And then I Little look and I'm – Little did we know Zay Jones and was running I, free. And when they panned the camera over, the first thing that came – before he even caught it, I said, Zay Jones! And he caught it, and the rest is history. Uh, Josh Graham knows Zay Jones. Um, Does he really? Yeah. He, he tweeted, Lucky guy. He tweeted about it. Three, uh, 435 yards for Derek Carr. Two touchdowns, one interception. And Carr had some uh, great things to say about Zay after the game. Take me through the touchdown pass to Zay Jones. It wasn't to, to, to Waller. No. Uh, it wasn't no. to Rods. It wasn't to Edwards. It was to, to, to Zay Jones. That's right. Beautiful thing about that is there was an audible that Coach told me, hey, if, during the week, if we ever get this look, get ready for this play. And Zay Jones was in. Zay Jones, since he got to our team, every time I asked someone to throw, he's there at 6 a.m. Every time. He's never missed one. So to see him come up with a game winner like that, every t- last two times we've been Monday night, he has two touchdowns. I hope everyone in the world roots for Zay Jones because he works harder than anybody on our team. All right. Uh, some awesome words there from Derek Carr and uh, folks around here that know Zay can attest to that the hard work and uh, we talked about it yesterday it's coach literally Green. i was just about to bring it up as i was listening to Derek carr talk about zay jones last night i was thinking about you know several hours seven several hours before his dad being on the brian bailey show talking yeah. about the hard work that jeff connors uh knew about when zay jones was a freshman here you heard it yesterday that he, when he came here he wasn't that fast he ran a four eight forty. But he worked his tail off every single day, and by the time he got out of here, he ran a 4-4-40 at the Combine. And they were just talking about his hard work. And so seeing that several hours later with Derek Carr talking about Zay Jones scoring the game-winning uh, touchdown for the Raiders on Monday night, I thought that was just pretty cool in full circle. Well, not only that, but Kurt Benkert t- uh, tweeted out, uh, same freshman class at ECU was Zay Jones and was doing the same thing at 17 years old. Saturday mornings, Sunday mornings didn't matter. So that just tells you that his work ethic, you know, it, it 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 it's not something that he started right when he got into the NFL. This is something he's been working at for quite some time. Uh by the way, NFL teams, if you want to win, draft a pirate. Have a pirate on your roster. Zay Jones winner, Linville Joseph winner, mm. Deontay Smith winner. If Jake Verity was on the team instead of the practice squad, the Ravens would have won last night. Or it might have been a tie since Zay was on the other side. Mm. 
Correct. Yeah. So no losers. I in thought that it scenario. was going to be a tie. At some I, point, I, I had a. And yeah, if Kurt Benkert wasn't on the practice squad, maybe the Packers would have won. Maybe they wouldn't have got beat by thirty-five points. But hey, what do we know? Put we everything. Know the Pirates. There you go. Get them on your roster. Somebody. Uh, Washington needs to sign Justin Hardy right now. Panthers <laughs> need to sign Jake Verity <laughs> right now. Uh, the Panthers, by the way cut a kicker and did they pick up one too zane, zane gonzalez. gonzalez he was yeah. on the Lions practice squad i oh, remember yeah. that name he played for the cardinals mm-hmm. i think he actually got a lot of starts for the cardinals in arizona but recently with the uh lions practice squad and then obviously today we cut santoso um and when you're you know putting the football on your own or on the opponent's 33 yard line that means you've given up on your kicker yeah that's not good not a good sign so uh, when that when that happened the other day, I, I told somebody I said, "Yeah, that's the end of our kicker." And uh, so we go with Zane G- Gonzalez, and if he doesn't pan out, I'm telling you, there's a guy named Jake Verity that proved himself this preseason. Yeah, Gonzalez needs to show improvement uh, in that kicking game. I would say pretty speedy. Oh. <sighs> Was that supposed to be funny? Ooh. You had to let that one marinate for a second. Ooh. Uh, injury update, Raheem Mostert gone for the season in San Francisco. Not good news there for the 49ers. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick likely out six to eight weeks with his rib injury. I mean, I, I, yeah, I want Fitzpatrick to be healthy, but I, Heineke might be just as good. I think this is the best thing that I could mean, happen. Hey. Thank you, Chase, because Fitzpatrick's better when he comes in off the bench. Like, He's not a good starter. We need him to come in for Taylor Heineke and throw for 400 yards and four touchdowns, which might be happening week nine or ten. So I'm uh, I'm okay with that. Heineke gets the start in an absolute middle finger of a game from the NFL to all its fans Thursday night when the Giants take on Washington. I'll be tuned in. Oh, what a, what a battle that's going to be. Uh, let's see. Any other injury news? There is uh, – I don't want to – talking about this uh the saints have eight members of the organization who have tested positive for covid so yeah i don't that. want to talk about that let's, either let's, because let's the panthers that. play them on sunday oh yeah let's uh let's not talk about that hopefully that's like the james winston's cousin and yeah i don't know <laughs> sean payton's third nephew I, I hope it's not any of the uh any people that would keep that game from being played uh oh tony dunn with a singer i said make sure you have a pirate on your roster if you want to win in the nfl tony says don't have a pirate on your roster on saturdays if you want to win <laughs> tony tony wow. that is not nice tony. at all that is not nice i know he just didn't go there he went there girlfriend tony <laughs> tony you're not that guy don't trust me you're not that guy all right, we'll uh, talk to Tony Dunn Friday here on Power oh, Radio yeah, Live. We're going to talk to him, all right. Oh, we're going to give him a talking to, all right. I tell you what, speaking of talking, Peyton Manning may have done a couple of rails before he went on the air last night because he talked for four straight hours, and I watched every single minute of it, and I absolutely loved it. ESPN has not hit a dinger like this since 30 for 30 came out. Swinging dingers? The Manning Fest. uh, It was Peyton and Eli in their chairs watching the game, talking about it. It had funny moments, but 
it had i mean what they were saying and setting up the plays and why did that just happen and breaking things down it was awesome it, it was fantastic i love it i will be that is must see must watch tv i guess if my team's playing i might watch the regular broadcast but i don't know i i, I if i was if, thinking about that last night i think i'm going to watch them with my team i want to see them talk about sam darnold and, and christian mccaffrey and, and guys like that it was fantastic they also worked in guests they had charles barkley ray lewis ray lewis travis kelsey and russell wilson russell was really good he stayed with them throughout overtime and uh of course charles was cracking jokes ray lewis they would like ask him a question and then answer it for him he didn't even really talk that much uh, Travis Kelsey is a good mix of humor and what's on the field. And Russell was there more for the X's and O's stuff. And uh, he was really good, too. So they're going to work in guests. Um, Ellerby, we're talking about it off the air. He said, you got to they got to get Caliendo in there, right, for Gruden's game. Yeah, I'm sure Frank Caliendo will be a guest at some point. Unless, is he still doing stuff with Fox? I don't know if the contract would keep him away. Yeah, I, I'm not sure about that. I know he's been on ESPN a few times uh, in the past few years. Yeah, I mean, he's done he's the Gruden stuff. That's yeah, right. He's definitely got he's to gotta be a guest on there. And I know I know Manny likes him a lot, too. So Yeah, it was, uh, it was just awesome. Uh, I, a home run there. And if you don't know who Peyton Manning is, first of all, what's wrong with you? Second of all, you found out last night that that guy loves football. I mean, he just constantly is going over play. You can just tell he probably misses it as well. He just loves talking about football and, and going over, you know, plays and the X's and O's and breaking things down. And that's the thing I like is that he is serious, but a lot of it is, you know, two brothers going back and forth and joking with each other. It was fantastic. I think everybody knows who Peyton Manning is and that he loves football. But if you don't know. If I said if you don't know. If you are living in 2021 and don't know who Peyton Manning is or know who he is but didn't know that he loved football, last night confirmed <laughs> that Peyton Manning loved football. Is that what you're saying? I, that's exactly what I'm saying. Got it. 10-4. But when they turn on the TV and go, who is this guy? First of all, who is this guy? What does he love? And, man, I have to guess, I think it's football. I think this guy loves football. <laughs> Thank and you. And something tells me that he used to play because he knows what's going on on the field. Yeah. And something tells me he was very good at it. All right. Peyton Manning loves football. Uh, that was awesome last night. Look forward to seeing that next Monday night because guess what? The game is brutal. Packers and Lions. Not a good game. But those guys, uh, and I'm interested to see, they got a great game to work with last night. So they were into it. They were all about it. What happens in a blowout? Can they keep it entertaining uh, in a blowout game? I'm going to say yes. Oh, but yeah. It's not been confirmed yet. They're but, not going to stop breaking down things, even though the score is 31 to nothing. And you hope they have good enough guests also during a blowout to yeah. to help with some, some levity in that situation. All right. Now on to ecu football marshall 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 is a 10-point favorite against east carolina what has marshall done so far this year they have destroyed every opponent in their path uh that includes the navy midshipmen who they blow out it also includes north carolina central so uh they have not played world beaters by any means but i think pirate fans would take uh what marshall has done so far this year 2-0 is a lot better than 0-2. Marshall scored 49 on Navy, 44 
on North Carolina Central. That is 93 points. They allowed 7 against Navy, 10 against North Carolina Central. That is 17 points. 93-17 to the first two weeks of the season for the Herd. They will be uh, at home this weekend. And uh, an old Conference USA rivalry. Had some great games with Marshall. Had some that got ugly, including there in Huntington. So, 10-point favorite right now uh for east carolina and the herd yeah um i think about those awesome games at home especially that one in 2011 or 12 where we no i tell you what shane Carden was the quarterback it was a quarterback sneak in overtime we won it was our sixth win and we went bowling and our players rolled the helmets like marshall did the year prior uh, indicating that they were going to a bowl. I remember that, but, man, I also remember those late games in Huntington where yeah. the games meant so much, especially for that east side of the Conference USA. Day after Thanksgiving. And it would be a, it would be around the Thanksgiving either time. Either Friday or Saturday. It yeah. would be like a Friday game. And I just remember being very upset as like a 10-year-old, uh, you know, at the at Thanksgiving dinner table. Have you ever cried after a, a sporting event? Yes, 2009 CUSA championship game. Oh, you cried in joy. I cried in tears, tears of joy. joy. Have you cried in tears of pain? Yes. Uh, I want to say it was the Arkansas game, uh, Liberty Bowl. Oh man, yeah. I think I kicked and I kicked and screamed. And I also, and I was a senior in high school when this happened. The UCF Hail Mary. Yeah. I sat in my room and literally like kicked my, was kicking things, and I think tears were flowing down my cheek. Did you listen to the fifth quarter? Probably not, because I had to go to bed. It was a Thursday night. I had to go to bed and go to school the next day. I was here uh, after that one. Um, I remember, to tell you how far my Washington fandom has come along, Like there was a time as a kid when like I'd watch them win Super Bowls. So I just assumed they'd always be good. I remember them losing, I want to say, to the 49ers in the playoffs one year. And I, I just thought they were going to, like, make the super bowl every year and i remember like like punching the door and like acting like a baby after the game and then it didn't take me long after that to realize that this team is garbage every year so now the losses don't affect me that much although i was pretty upset and i'm still upset about what happened on sunday i'm about over it though chandler i just realized but you know we were talking about how much time justin herbert had you guys have a great defensive front Justin Herbert, I think a key in that game was how much time can he have to throw the football. He had a lot of time. I just realized that their left tackle is uh, um, Slater from Northwestern. The Rashawn left tackle, Slater. Rashawn yeah. Slater, and what a great pick! I thought the Panthers were going to pick him up at the uh, at the eighth pick, but he ends up going to the Chargers. And man, he's going to be an outstanding uh, offensive lineman and a and an anchor for that offensive line for years to come chargers look really good we look bad uh defensively for much of that game on sunday all right uh week three slate not a ton of headliners let's uh let's see what's on tap for the american any good games ucf louisville is friday night uh the knights are a seven point favorite in that game game i'm really looking forward to seeing now indiana's one and one they got blown out by miami Still looked at as a good Big Ten team. Came into the season like top 15. Cincinnati has a chance to really prove they are a uh, a legitimate top 10 team as uh, they take on Indiana at noon on ESPN. Boston College, a uh, big favorite on the road against Temple. 
coming up at noon. Tulsa is 0-2 to start the year. Lost Oklahoma State last week. They play Ohio State. Buckeyes coming off a loss. They're going to be angry. We'll see if they can stick around uh, with uh, the Buckeyes on Saturday. SMU versus Skip Holtz in Louisiana Tech. 3.30 on CBS Sports Network. Memphis is 2-0. They got Mississippi State coming to town at the Liberty Bowl. 4 o'clock on ESPN2. And the Bulldogs are three-point favorites. Mike Leach on the road. Memphis trying to pick up a big win. Of course, you got the Pirates. to be State taking care of the pack on Saturday as well. Yeah, after Saturday's ECU game, I didn't really even enjoy that one as much as I should have. My, Miami App State was great. That was fun. Uh, it was great to see State lose and really just get dominated. Mm-hmm. But I uh, couldn't even enjoy it that much, honestly. Uh, Grambling at Houston, Florida A&M at South Florida. 8 o'clock. I like this one a lot. Tulane at Ole Miss. That is on ESPN2. Going to have to find a second screen experience so I can watch that while ECU and uh, Marshall's going on. By the way, folks, oh, I can just watch the uh, the Ole Miss game on TV because ECU's not on TV this weekend. Where are we at, Club? Facebook. What did you say? Now, this is going to be very confusing to people. And sometimes I get a little irritated when people are like, where's the game? I can't find it. Like, just just Google. It's really easy to find out what channel the game's on. This week is not one of those cases. If you don't understand what's going to happen Saturday at 6, I'm with you. Um, this game is not on television, folks. It's on Facebook. What? And you hear that and you're like... Yeah, but what channel is it on? It's not on a channel. What channel is it on? It's on. It's not on a channel. It is on Facebook. What channel is it on on Facebook? CBS Sports Network on Facebook. What channel number is that? See, Chandler, it's not a number. It's letters you have to, to type in. CBS. Do I have to have a laptop or something? Uh, you can have a desktop or what, a phone. What if I don't have anything? Uh, then you... Well, first of all... <laughs> How did you plan on watching it in the first place? I thought it was going to be on TV. <laughs> it's not on TV. It's on Facebook. Is Facebook on TV? Facebook is not on TV. Although there is a way to connect your computer to a TV and watch it on TV. How do I do that? <sighs> um, you can do it through maybe an HDMI cord or sometimes your laptop will sync up to your comp- to your TV. Any other questions uh, about out of answers? Jeff Charles and Kevin Monroe sound good. Rick Flair. Uh, Balls out. Yeah, that's always an option. Uh, just listening to the voice and Kevin Monroe. Uh, we are going to get tons of questions on that, and for good reason. This is this is really dumb in 2021. To I, I guess I shouldn't complain. You can watch it if you want, but you're going to have to watch it on Facebook. It's not on TV. And once people find it, I'm sure they'll share it out. You can share it out on to your friends. Yeah. So that will help, too. Uh, Facebook. Facebook. Kevin says, Clip is going to kill Chandler. I would never kill Chandler. I love Chandler. You roast the ones you love. And I do love roasting Chandler. Um, but, no, that was, uh, that was a fun little Q&A there. I hope we helped some people out. Yeah. That. I, that was just like a little, you know, walkthrough of what – you know but you know what kevin never say never i could kill chandler i've never killed a man before or a woman or an animal on purpose but uh my first kill could be chandler you ever thought about that chandler if you turn into a serial killer who would you kill first Uh, no (laughs) 
<laughs> I hope nobody had that, ever, that thought. That's a weird thought. Uh, right. <laughs> Moving along. <laughs> Neither have I, Chandler. All right, uh, MLB playoff race. The Braves were off last night. They uh, have this thing has gone from Braves were pretty much out of the race to Braves clinched last month to it got tight again, and now Atlanta is up four and a half games on Philadelphia because the Phillies have really struggled of late. The Brewers continue to run away with it in the Central. The Giants two and a half up on the Dodgers. And by the way. Here's a uh, little trivia, a little bar trivia for you. Who was the first team to clinch a playoff spot in the 2021 MLB playoffs? That answer would be the San Francisco Giants, which absolutely nobody had going into this season. The Dodgers are a lock to make a wild card. The Reds right now in uh, position for that second wild card. They are followed by the Padres and Cardinals by a half game. Phillies and Mets still kind of in it at two and a half and three and a half back, uh, respectively. Looking at the AL East, the Tampa Bay Rays, eight up on the Blue Jays, nine up on the Red Sox and Yankees. What a run Toronto has been on. Nine out of their last ten, they've won four in a row. White Sox still dominating the Central, and the Astros up big in the West, although Igloo's Mariners are being feisty. Right now, the Blue Jays have a one-game lead over the Yankees and the Red Sox. Mariners are... uh, or the Blue Jays have a one-game lead. The Yankees and Red Sox two games up on the Mariners for that last wild card spot. The A's two and a half back. So there's a look. It really gets lost in the shuffle this time of year. Maybe tonight and tomorrow night, since there's no football on, I'll be a better baseball fan. Watch the Braves. Watch other games. But once football starts, baseball really gets lost uh, in the shuffle. All right, there is your rundown on a. Tuesday edition of Pirate Radio Live. When we return, we'll hear what Mike Houston had to say earlier today at his weekly press conference. A lot of questions uh, from the fans and listeners about Mason Garcia. Mike Houston was asked uh, if he's had any thoughts of putting Mason Garcia in. You will hear that. You'll hear what he had to say about South Carolina and what he's looking forward to when the Pirates take on Marshall on Saturday. It's all ahead on Pirate Radio Live. Back with you after this. Listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. Do you need custom t shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? Keep it local. Print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at University Sportswear ENC.com. Now back to the show. Welcome back. You've worked hard to start your business and are working even harder to make it successful, and that's why it's important to have a bank in your corner when you need them. As the business world throws you curveballs, Select Bank and Trust is here to be responsive to your needs. Select Bank's teams of local bankers can make it uh, can make local decisions and cares about you, the customer. Get the business services that are right for your business today with Select Bank and Trust. Bank local, bank select. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip Brock. All righty, back with you on Pirate Radio Live. Some crappy news today in the world of comedy. Norm Macdonald passed away. If you are a fan of very offensive jokes and not offended by those jokes, you should YouTube uh, the show he used to do where he'd write 
very offensive jokes and make his guests read them. It was uh, very uncomfortable and absolutely hilarious. Uh, you can check that out. You probably remember him from Saturday Night Live. One of the uh, many weekend update anchors. I loved his just deadpan. and He and had such a dry delivery. I, it just, I mean, it was uh, very influ- influential on what I think is funny. I know him as Turd Ferguson. Yeah, did uh, Burt Reynolds on Saturday Night Live. Um, <laughs> did uh, his ESPYs. Remember the ESPYs, which is still a thing, I guess, but nobody yeah. cares anymore. Like yeah. that was really cool when I was coming up in the nineties. Uh, he hosted the ESPYs and it did a a monologue, uh, a joke set to start the show, and basically they changed the entire show after that because he did some OJ jokes and <laughs> some jokes about like Scandinavian women looking like men in the Olympics and all this <laughs> stuff, and like they completely changed they that said whoa and got a lot safer so he uh go back and watch his espies uh set as well and he was the king of uh i guess you could say from a comedic standpoint of the jim Rome pause oh yeah because he would let a joke yeah. just marinate and just go and you just have to wait for it he'd, he'd sit there and wait for it just you know and i'm trying to remember if it was him or kevin nealon that used to say the line he would just throw it in for no apparent reason and that's why germans love david hasselhoff and i cannot remember if it was kevin nealon or if it was norm mcdonald that did it kevin nealon was great as well as just the the kind of the deadpan the uh awkward kind of cringy joke i don't know how to even describe it but it was just so good i loved it all right uh so r.i.p to norm also had a great uh, roast. I think it was Bob Saget's roast that he did. That was really good. Um, all right, let's move on and talk football. We need the Pirates to uh, <laughs> escape the casket, uh, rise from the dead. I don't know. Uh, this, they need to do something. Uh, this Saturday uh, when they take on Marshall. Mike Houston spoke earlier today at his weekly press conference. Let's hear his opening comments. You know, obviously uh, the players and the staff are disappointed in uh, not being able to to pull up, pull out a win on Saturday against South Carolina, uh, but uh, you know I'm just uh, very pleased with the effort uh, that our players played with. I'm pleased with the physicality that we played with. Uh, I'm pleased pleased with how hard we competed. Um, you know I think we've uh, continued to show improvement, and uh, obviously there's some things we need to do better. Uh, but you're playing an SEC team at home uh, that uh, has an SEC roster, and they were very talented. And I thought our kids played their dang tails off and gave us a chance to win. Uh, and we just did not make the plays there in the fourth quarter to win the ball game. And we put ourselves in a position to win it. Um, but, uh, you know, had our opportunity to put the game away, I thought, you know, there right before the half. Uh, and, uh, you know, obviously the interception return for a touchdown was a big momentum swing in the, in the ball game. Uh, I thought we fought back uh, and, uh, you know, got back in control there in the fourth quarter. Uh, but, uh, you know, the good a good good drive there to end it and uh you know pretty clutch kick so um disappointed the loss uh but uh you know our focus is completely on marshall a very good marshall football team right now uh excited for the matchup this uh, saturday in huntington west virginia i expect it to be a pretty hostile environment uh, i think there's just a lot of history between the two programs uh and obviously they're off to a a great start uh averaging 46 points a game in their 2-0 and start to the season so uh, we have a great challenge going up there this Saturday. 
Pirates uh, have faced two stingy defenses. I'm not going to say two good teams because I don't think South Carolina is going to be a good team in uh, 2021. Uh, but, you know, pretty tough defensively. And now another test coming up with Marshall on Saturday. And Stephen Igloo asked Coach Houston if the issues have been on ECU side, on the tough defenses they faced, a little bit of both. Mike Houston uh, spoke to that. Well, I mean, I think some of the issues are the, the personnel we faced. Uh, some of the other issues are, um, you know, it's, it's a variety of things. Uh, you, can, uh, you can look at uh, Holton. I mean, I know he, a lot of people want to blame him for everything. But that's not the case. I mean, I think that uh, certainly there's some things he can do better. Uh, I think there's, you know, half a dozen decisions he can uh, be more disciplined with uh, that puts us in, in better situations. But I think we've also got to play better around him. Uh, you know, you had some drops there on Saturday on some big downs. Uh, you, know, you had uh, a couple of times where we, they got some pressure on him when we had receivers open. Um, so I think that we've got to do a better job uh, altogether of execution. Now, I did think we did some better things. I thought our offensive line played much better on Saturday. I thought we did a really good job in the run game most of the day. Uh, you able to get uh, Rajay and Keaton, you know, open a little bit more than we did in the opener and uh, in, in running the football. So. Um, I think it's a combination of things, but I, I do know this, you know, standing on that field, uh, you know, those corners that they had, their front seven, um, you know, there were plays that we would have and just the speed of their, of their, their defense would just erase them. You know, what you would think was going to be a 12-yard gain would be a three-yard gain. What you would think was going to be a fourth down, or excuse me, a first down would be a fourth down. You know, I thought Snead had the first down on the sideline right here in the third quarter, and all of a sudden, I mean, it just gets erased. And so there's a reason why those guys are, uh, you know, playing in that conference. You know, there's a reason why, you know, those ends are, you know, going to be very high draft picks and why they're so highly rated coming out of high school. All right, Mike Houston there. Uh, also talked about the Elijah Morris injury. Morris was in a boot at practice last week. Uh, folks saw and relayed to me but uh was dressed up dressed out saturday did not play i uh, don't believe in the game on saturday and uh, mike houston spoke more about uh, what happened with elijah morris it happened on the last snap of last tuesday's practice so uh but uh you know i tell you what now it's a tough kid i mean at first uh you know the athletic staff said there's no way uh, by the end of the week, you know, we did dress him. Um, I was concerned going into that game just of, you know, turning a, uh, you know, a, a, what was a minor injury into something significant because of, you know, the position he plays and the physicality of that position. So, um, you know, the other guys played very well. Uh, so that uh, gave us the ability to, to give him just a little bit more time. So he should be full go this week. All right, that is uh, some good news. Good news uh, for Elijah Morris. Uh, Mike Houston also was asked, uh, you know, can you gain any confidence? Can the team gain gain confidence despite the uh, 0-2 start? Well, I I do think there's some confidence gained from the way uh, that we competed and played, especially on the defensive side of the football. Um, In a game like that, everything gets magnified. You know, the kickoff return – in the fourth quarter is obviously a huge play. It's one play, but it's a huge play because it set up a field goal for them that tied the ball game. You know, not not getting into the end zone there in the fourth quarter. Uh, you know, when Snead's knee touches down. You know, that's it's one play, but it's a, it's a huge play that gets magnified. 
the screen pass right before the half. It's, it's, a, it's one play, but it's a huge play. So I think there's a lot of positives coming out of that game. I think there's a lot of individual plays that get magnified in a very close loss when, you know, one thing goes our way, you win the ball game. And there's a big difference in one and one and two and oh and two, uh, you know, right now where, you know, where our program is. All right, uh, Brian Bailey asked uh, and brought up the last game of 2020 against SMU. And, you know, you're, you're reviewing film from the losses, trying to get better. And he said, do you, you go back to that game and, and see what went right and uh, how the offense was flying around, defense had a good performance. Do you, do you look back at that and, uh, and try to repeat that moving forward? Well, I mean, I think we're, we're all trying to, uh, you know, define that magic. And you're all trying to find that execution. Um, and, uh, you know, there's some pieces that aren't here that were here last year, but the bulk of them are here. You know, the bulk of our roster is uh, that played in that ball game is, is on, our, on, on the field right now for us. So, uh, you know, the challenge is just for us to play better. Um, you know, like I said in the answer in the first question, we've played against two really good defenses. And, uh, and that was a challenge on Saturday. But obviously we have to play much better. Uh, and we've got to score points, you know, if we want to do the things that we want to do. All right, Mike Houston, after the uh, loss to South Carolina, he spoke earlier today. Uh, let's hit one more, and we'll take a timeout, and, and we'll play some more uh, audio from Mike Houston. Uh, he talked about his young defensive line, you know, rigged a brew out the first half of the first game. Elijah Morris out at South Carolina has had – uh, has made opportunities for other guys to get in and get some good playing time on the D-line. He uh, spoke on that. Well, I mean, I think it's they're going to continue to grow. They're going to continue to improve. They're going to continue to gain confidence, you know, the more they play and the more they have success. And, you know, I thought uh, I thought Xavier McIver, that's, that's probably his most extensive playing time. I thought he played really well right there in the middle. I mean, that's, I mean, you got 650 pounds or so leaning on you all day long. I mean, that's, that's not easy. So I thought he held his own in there. I thought Surad really did some good things uh, on Saturday. I mean, I think, you know, he's a guy that probably needs to play a little bit more. I thought D'Angelo McKinney, uh, you know, did some really good things at times. So, um, you know, all those guys are going to continue to improve the more they get to play. All right, Mike Houston there. We will take a timeout, come back. We'll hear what Mike Houston had to say about uh, Igloo's question about Mason Garcia, and he thought of putting him in the game when the offense is struggling. That and more on the way when we return on Pirate Radio Live here on a Tuesday. We're back with you after this. Listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. Do you need custom t shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? Keep it local. Print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at University Sportswear ENC.com. Now back to the show. Welcome back. Are you in outside sales and looking for an opportunity to increase your earning potential? Copy Pro has been in Eastern North Carolina for over 45 years and continues to grow each year, and they are in need of more sales professionals with a desire to potentially make a six-figure income. Do you have what it takes? Visit copypro.net today to submit your resume and to learn more. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip Rock. Back with you on Pirate Radio Live on a Tuesday. More Mike Houston in just a moment at 4 o'clock. We'll talk to Kevin Monroe. Uh... 
maybe I'll save these stats for Kevin Monroe. Got some really ugly numbers, some stats to consider for ECU's offense in 2021, how they rank amongst the 130 FBS teams. We'll uh, discuss that with KMO at uh, 4 o'clock. Let's uh, surely hear cut 11. Uh, we get tons of calls on this. When people ask why another quarterback isn't coming into the game, all I can tell them is Mike Houston and Donnie Kirkpatrick are not ready to put another quarterback in the game. They think Holden gives them the best chance to win. That is not the answer people want to hear, but that is the reality. That is the answer. Mike Houston was asked directly today by Stephen I- uh, sorry, Stephen Igloo, is there any thought of putting in Mason Garcia when the offense is struggling like they did on Saturday? Here was his response. Well, I mean, I think that you have a, an experienced quarterback in a, a challenging game against a, uh, you know, a very talented uh, defense out there on the field. Um, you know, I think that obviously, you know, we're, we're continuing to develop Mason, uh, and there will be a day when he is the starting quarterback here, and, um, you know, there might be situations where he plays this year. Uh, but I just uh, I think you got to be careful with that because you want to make sure that you take advantage of every possession. And, uh, and I think that Holton right now gives us the best chance to win. There you go, uh, from Mike Houston. So, again, uh, after the game on Saturday, you're free to call in and say whatever you want, but you can say, I, I want to see a different quarterback in. Okay, but if you ask, why is there not another quarterback in, you just heard the answer right there. And I guess we can just keep playing that clip uh, if people ask, why is Holt Naylor still in the game? There's not, according to the coaches, a better option to put in at this moment that will make the offense run and lead East Carolina to winning football games. So, asked and answered there. Again, I know you don't like the answer for some of you who want to see a different quarterback in the game, but that is the answer. We cannot force the coaches to say something that we want them to say. And we can't individually please everybody and uh, and have them hear the words that they won't said. So, that's kind of the case with that. Uh, moving along... Uh, let's hear one more uh, as he talks about Holden Aylers, cut seven, Shirley, his thoughts on Holden Aylers, uh, and how he is throwing from the pocket. I mean, I, th- I think that uh, I think I've, I've seen him make some really good throws. Um, the frustrating thing is some of the throws that uh, he put on the money that uh, we didn't come up with a catch on Saturday. Um, I think I've seen some some situations where he just needs to have a little bit more deci- the, the discipline with his decision making. Um, you know, and, and, and he's, you know, Donnie points it out to him in film. Uh, so, but it's, you know, it's not everything, uh, you know, on him. I think, you know, it's the reality of the position is this. And I told him this when I got hired. You know, when things are going well, he's going to get a lot of the credit, uh, even when he doesn't deserve a lot of it. When things aren't going well, he's going to get a lot of the blame because he touches the ball every snap. And that's just part of being a quarterback. So, um, you know, he's, he's motivated to play better. Uh, he's motivated to help lead us to victory. Uh, so I know that he'll get those things corrected. All right, there is Mike Houston on Holt Nailers and uh, this East Carolina offense. Let's uh, hear cut 12, Shirley. Uh, he was asked, Coach Houston was asked, looking back, uh, if he saw any opportunities to be more aggressive offensively. Well, I mean, I think that there's lots of opportunities where there were some things called that uh, for one reason or another didn't work out. Uh, you know, I think that, uh, you know, we're fairly aggressive there at the beginning of the ball game. I think we were very aggressive in the fourth quarter. Um, you know, we went forward on fourth and 14. 
you know, in basically in the red zone right there. I mean, that's pretty freaking aggressive. So, um, you know, it's you, you play the game to win. You know, I, yeah, I wish I wish we'd have hit CJ on the post route, but you know, Holton's getting hit in the face. You know, he didn't get couldn't get the throw off. So, uh, you know, I, I, I know this: our kids, our kids want to win. Our play, our coaches want to win, and so. Uh, you know they're out there trying to trying to score every possession. Mike Houston, head football coach of the East Carolina Pirates, there at his weekly press conference. We still got more cuts uh, to get to in hour two and three of today's show. But when we return, kicking off hour number two, Kevin Monroe, color analyst on the Pirates IMG Sports Network, will join us. You also remember Kevin from his playing days in the secondary with East Carolina. He's got to be happy with what he saw on the defensive side of the ball. We'll also ask him about the issues on the offensive side of the ball when Kevin Monroe joins us. When we return on Pirate Radio Live, we are back with you after this. listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. Save lives, be a hero, and make $1,000 your very first month donating plasma at Griffles Biomat USA. Start now at Biomat USA on 505 South Memorial Drive. A better donor experience and better pay. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Eastern North Carolina's choice for window tinting, signs, graphics, wraps, graphic design, and more is Signs and Tint. Be sure to stop by their office at 801 Staten Road in Greenville, or you can book an appointment online at signsandtent.com. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip Braun. Back with you on Pirate Radio Live. Uh, didn't mention this a moment ago with some games coming up. Uh, week three, college football. Um, let's play guess the line real quick. Chandler, you can just holler out your answer. What do you think the spread is on uh, – Georgia hosting South Carolina. Shirley, what do you got? Guess the line. Georgia, South Carolina. I'm going to go. You want to go first? Go ahead. Twelve and a half. Oh, boy. I'm going to go minus 31, Georgia. Have you seen it? No, I have not. I swear. 31. (laughs) That's pretty (laughs) impressive, Chandler. 31. That kind of tells you, well tells you a couple things it tells it you it tells me i can't do math apparently <laughs> it tells you that uh georgia's t- really good and they're at home they just held clemson to three points three points and south, south carolina can't move the ball no uh it's it's could get ugly do they have Doty back this week is the biggest question if you're a gamecock fan i have a question does it matter not really no i'm gonna say no uh 31 in a sec game that kind of tells you where south carolina is in the pecking order there in the southeastern conference uh, we'll get kevin monroe on in just a minute and uh said he needed a couple minutes while we're uh waiting on hooking up with him not that you uh need to hear these numbers because you've witnessed it the first two weeks of the season but east carolina nationally Uh, Out of 130 FBS teams, ranks 110th in rush offense, 70th in pass offense, pass efficiency 102nd, total offense 108th, scoring offense 113th, first down offense 116th, 
Just some brutal offensive numbers. Passes intercepted, 106th. Third down percentage, 127th. Yeah, I knew that was going to be up there. Right now, ECU 21.9% on third down. Uh, Over the Pirates th- on third down on Saturday, two for 16. Two, yeah, I believe that's it. Not going to get it done. Defensive numbers, uh, well, some of them are a little better, but rushing defense 90th, pass defense 86th. Most of that coming from uh, week one against Appalachian State. So, yeah, the numbers uh, do not lie. Uh, ECU is first in the uh, nation in fourth down defense. Have not allowed a fourth down. Now I don't know how many teams have tried, uh, but uh, they are first in that category. Camo says he's ready. Shirley Rhodes, if you could hook that up, we'll talk to Kevin Monroe coming up a little later on this hour. We'll visit with the big man on campus, Jeff Nadeau, and at the tail end of the hour, Stephen Igloo from HoistTheColors.net, who uh, said he's going to make an announcement. He said, "Will will he be in studio for the Bud Light pregame tailgate? Will he be on the phone in Huntington?" coming to us live from marshall on saturday or will he be going to alaska to his igloo we're going to find out when he joins us later on this hour on pirate radio live but right now we will talk to former east carolina db the current color analyst on the pirates img sports network calls the action alongside the voice jeff charles he is kevin monroe joining us once again kevin we appreciate your time man how you doing today i'm doing very well thank you for asking Kevin, uh, on Saturday, uh, after our pregame show, I was in the car uh, driving home, and I heard uh, the most beautiful phrase in sports, and that's Kevin Monroe screaming, Balls out! And uh, love to hear that, Kevin. The Pirate defense was able to force some turnovers, uh, play winning football. The offense just didn't hold up their end of the bargain on Saturday, Kevin. Uh, how would you break down East Carolina's 20-17 loss against the Gamecocks? Uh, it was frustrating. I, I, I would ju- I'll just say that, you know, in terms of playing an SEC team in Daddy Ficklin Stadium, I don't know that we'll ever play one more beatable than South Carolina uh, this past Saturday. Uh, they just, you know, for whatever reason, their quarterback situation is in kind of disarray right now. And uh, the Dottie kid that was that came into the season that was supposed to be the starter must still be having foot problems because he didn't play. Um, and the Nolan kid, you know, bless his heart he just wasn't very accurate he wasn't very good um and so they i think they ended up the game two for 12 or something like that on, on third downs or at least that's what they were through most of the fourth quarter um and they just were were pretty inept at, at converting third downs and our defense played pretty well and so based on that i just i just hope that we would figure it out i just hope that we would figure out a way offensively just put up enough points to, to outlast them to get that victory because that would have been a big a big program win. I mean, regardless of of what if, if South Carolina wins another game this season, no one will know that you know five years from now, ten years from now, when you say you beat South Carolina at home. So, <laughs> right. Um, offensively, they just didn't they just couldn't couldn't get couldn't get it done. Uh, defensively, I thought they played pretty well. Um, that that's about all I have to say. I, I don't know what um, what South Carolina South Carolina didn't deserve the win in my opinion. I think. The Pirates just didn't, just didn't find a way to win it. Uh, Kevin, we got a ton of calls after the game, and there were so many fingers to point. We, we ran out of them with the callers where you could blame the offensive coordinator, you could blame the quarterback, you could blame the drops, uh, blame the O-line. It was pretty much everywhere, but a lot of questions about, you know, why has another quarterback not gotten in the game? And let's go back, Shirley, to Mike Houston from earlier today. He was asked by – uh, Stephen Igloo, what uh, 
you know, is there any thought of putting in Mason Garcia when Holt Naylor's is struggling? Cut 11, Shirley. Here's what he said earlier today. Well, I mean, I think that you have a, an experienced quarterback in a, a challenging game against a, uh, you know, a very talented uh, defense out there on the field. Um, you know, I think that obviously, you know, we're, we're continuing to develop Mason, uh, and there will be a day when he is the starting quarterback here. And, um, you know, there might be situations where he plays this year. Uh, but I just uh, I think you got to be careful with that because you want to make sure that you take advantage of every possession and uh, and I think that Holton right now gives us the best chance to win. Kevin, when callers call in and say if if their statement is I wish we'd see another quarterback, we'll say okay, thanks for the call. If they ask the question why is Holton Naylor's not being replaced at quarterback, all I can answer is Mike Houston thinks he gives him the best chance to win. He just said it in his own words there, so. Oh, Holden Aylers is his guy and, and Donnie's guy, at least for the near future, Kevin. And uh, they're not they're just not ready right now for whatever reason to go to somebody other than him at QB, it appears. So I'll say this. I'll say the one game, I think there was one game last year that Mason Garcia either started or played a bunch in. The Navy game when Holden couldn't play, yeah. Okay, and, 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 and I will say he did not look ready. He, he, looked, he looked like he had a big, strong arm. He ran the ball well. But there was some indecision. There were some some wayward passes. He didn't look like he was ready to be the guy. Now that that being said, that was his true freshman year, a year ago. So he had the remainder of that year, you know, spring ball, the off season, preseason, and this fall, to 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 be you know just a little bit better than that. Because I don't think he was bad. I just think he needed to develop a little bit more, get a better grasp of the offense. The offense hasn't changed over the last year. So either he can't grasp it or we just don't want to put him in. And so I, I don't know the answer to either one of those things. Yeah. Um, and if, and if he can't grasp it, then, you know, why don't we, you know, cut it down some for him? You know, why don't we cut the playbook in half and do what he can do? Um, I just, when the offense sputters, I just wonder if seeing a different look, seeing a different person makes a difference. It may not. He may be worse than Holton. When Holton's at his worst, right, and, and that's not going to help. That's not going to help anybody. Uh, when Holton's when Holton's at his best and he's in a rhythm, he's pretty doggone good. But when he struggles, you'd like to have an option, and it sounds like they don't think we have an option. Yeah. right now. That that's kind of the reality of the situation, at least coming from their mouths, uh, coming from Mike Houston's mouth earlier today at his press conference. And uh, you know, Ayler's numbers were 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 bad on Saturday, and Again, you can kind of go to other places as well. There were drops, uh, Kevin. C.J. Johnson just has not been involved in the offense at all through two games. They did get Snead uh, five catches, but I think his yards was somewhere in the 30s. Just really no – I don't know. The, the passing game just doesn't like a threat at all. They got Rajay running pretty good on a drive on Saturday, but the passing game just has, uh, has not been scary for opposing defenses thus far. In my opinion, we've not tried hard enough to get – Tyler Snead the ball. Uh, he had five catches. I want to say most of those were in the second half. I don't think he had any in the first half. Um, you know, obviously he threw the big the big touchdown uh, at the beginning of the game. But in terms of catching a ball, I don't think he had a catch in the first half. And he gets open. Like you watch Tyler Snead run routes, he gets open. Now, he did have one drop himself, uh, and there were some drops. I wouldn't say all the drops were. You know, oh this, oh that would have been a first down, or that would have been a, a touchdown. I, I think most of the drops were underneath. You know, bullets across the middle. Not, not, not Holton's fault. They should be caught. 
but I don't know that they, they result in the first down. You know, they were third downs where we, you know, things happened, the guys missed the ball, but they were short of the first down anyway. So I don't know if I'm ready to blame the drops necessarily, but I think we just have to find a way. If And I've heard Coach Kirkpatrick say that Tyler Steen is the best offensive player we have. If, if that's how he feels, I feel like you have to design for him to get five to ten touches every half. And whatever that means, you, you have to do it. And, and so TJ's another thing. TJ, he, he lines up wide. You know, they put their best corner on him. He doesn't have a whole lot of separation speed. He's not often open, in my opinion. But Tyler Sneed, I think, is always open, and I'm, I'm just a little bit perplexed as to why we don't get the ball to him more often. Kevin, let's talk about a, a bit of a brighter spot from Saturday. And, look, South Carolina is not going to, to set the world on fire offensively in 2021. Though we know that. But they can run the football. Uh, they had a 1,300-yard rusher last year and uh, have been able to push people around with their O-line and talented backs and run. ECU, Kevin, we uh, criticized the, the tackling after week one at App State. And I think I even said to you, I hope that's a week one thing that can can get better. Uh, that got better week two, and, and the defense as a whole looked better week two. And again, you can take away from the opponent offensively, but th- that was a, a much more inspired defensive effort from the Pirates week two, Kevin. I do agree with that. I, I don't want to take anything away from the defense. Uh, I think they showed up. They tackled well. Uh, they get, they made plays behind the line of scrimmage. Uh, they were they were a force. They caused turnovers, uh, all those things. I, I, I'll, I'll just say this. South Carolina – couldn't pass the ball effectively. Yeah. When you have a team, when you have a team that can't pass the ball effectively, you put seven or eight in the box and you dare them to pass the football. And so on every third down, when it was time to pass the ball, he threw an errant pass. There was a drop. Something broke down, and they did nothing. So the Pirates knew they were getting run first down, second down, third and short, third and medium. At the only time they got passed was third and long for the most part. And so they were ready for run, 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 run. That won't work against a Marshall team that can run and throw or against the Cincinnati team that can run and throw. So you have to be able to, to play defense like that when you're, when you're having to protect for everything. Yeah. I'm, I'm, hoping, I'm hoping they can do that, but I don't want Pirate fans to think, okay, we're, we're, we're good to go as far as stopping the run. We'll stop the run now against whoever we play. I don't know. I want to see them stop the run against an offense that can do it all. Very good point. Uh, Kevin Monroe joining us on the Fixed NC Live line. And, Kevin, uh, I'm not going to say the, the phrase that doesn't get any easier. I think it definitely gets it gets tougher for East Carolina this week against Marshall. They beat some bad teams, a struggling Navy team and North Carolina Central, but they've rolled up 93 points. They've allowed 17 points all of 2021. So they have dominated first-year head coach, quarterback returning, though, and uh, and he can sling it around. So this is tough, Kevin. I mean, there's a reason they're, they're 10 points favorites uh, coming up on Saturday yeah I mean you know the Grant Wells is averaging 341 through the air game uh he's completing almost 70 percent of his passes you got a few running backs that can run the ball well they're offensively they're solid as you said NC Central probably not great right now Navy struggling a little bit so we don't we don't know that we don't know what we've seen it's kind of similar to to going into the last game against South Carolina when you saw what their defense did against Eastern Illinois. Right. Eastern Illinois did, didn't get a single first down. You're like, wow, I mean, that's, Eastern Illinois is really bad. But then the Pirates got, you know, 2 for 15 on third down conversion. So you're like, oh, wait a minute. I guess they are really good on defense at South Carolina. And they were. And so we'll, we'll have to see what we get from Marshall. But we know Marshall can play. We know Tulane can play. You know, we know the next several games. I don't know a whole lot about Charleston Southern, Southern, but we know the next several teams that we play, you know, can play offense and defense. And so uh, the Pirates, I, I appreciate how much they grew between game one and game two defensively. And if they keep, if they keep on that same 
uh, same road. They're going to be they're going to be really good on defense by the end of the year. Um, but I think they took a step back offensively, and that scares me a little bit. So I, I'd love to see them put together a complete game this coming Saturday. Kevin Monroe joining us. Kevin, we'll let you run. Always appreciate uh, your input, your thoughts on on Pirate football and. I will say, Kevin, uh, long post-game show Saturday, but I woke up, the sun came up on Sunday, had a pep in my step, and then I saw Washington punt from the opposing team's 40-yard line, and I'm angry all over again at football. I need something good to happen in my football life, Kevin. Listen, I I told the wife, I was like, I need a win. I, I, <laughs> I, I mean, Thursday night, the way it ended for the Cowboys, yeah. Saturday, the way it ended for the Pirates, like, it's just things weren't going very well. So, you know, this is a new week. We'll see what happens. You guys got a game on Thursday night against yeah. the Giants. I think you can definitely win. We Taylor Heineke or whoever. <laughs> so we'll see how it goes. Hey, you said something kind of nice there. I'll say your uh, your Cowboys offense is the real deal, Kevin. Maybe the defense is better, but we'll see. I don't think Philly's going to win the division. They look good uh, week one, but I think it'll be one of our guys. We'll see. Kevin, uh, pre- appreciate you joining us, man. We'll uh, We'll talk again soon with you. Appreciate it, man. All right. Uh, Kevin Monroe will be on the call live from Huntington, West Virginia, coming up on a Saturday as the Pirates take on the Thundering Herd. And I am – I'm with Kevin there. Like, I'm I'm happy what the Pirates are able to do defensively, but South Carolina was absolutely brutal offensively. Good defensively, but uh, they got nothing to offer on offense. That's going to hurt them uh, when they go to Athens, Georgia, coming up this Saturday in Marshall is uh i think if marshall and south carolina played i would take marshall to win that game by seven to 14 points just as i'm taking marshall to beat east carolina by 10 to 17 points on uh saturday i'll let the cat out of the bag on that one all right uh let's take a time out when we return jeff nadu will give his thoughts on east carolina and it might sound like this conversation just sounded maybe even worse we'll see when we visit with the big man on campus to talk pirates and herd. Also, all the other action going on week three in college football. More to go after this. You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. Save lives, be a hero, and make $1,000 your very first month donating plasma at Griffles Biomat USA. Start now at Biomat USA on 505 South Memorial Drive. A better donor experience and better pay. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. From sales to service, Greenville Auto World has all of your vehicle needs covered. Shop all of their inventory now at GreenvilleAutoWorld.net. You're also looking for someone to service your vehicle. Greenville Auto World has a full service and repair facility, brakes, oil changes, tires, inspections, and they can repair any kind of vehicle. Greenville Auto World across from uh, Speedway at Bell's Fork and online at GreenvilleAutoWorld.net. Thanks to Tim Sutton and Jim Rogers of Greenville Auto World for their sponsorship of the program. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here's Clip Rock. Back with you on a Tuesday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Great to talk with Kevin Monroe. He always uh, shares his honest opinion on things, and things not great right now on the offensive side of the ball for ECU. And he says, also, uh, be weary of crowning our defense to this point because South Carolina couldn't throw the football. Pirates did play much better defensively. He was happy about that, but said, let's uh, we'll get a much better test when you face a run past team like marshall that can do both can do it well actually have a competent quarterback 
and a uh, good quarterback at that so going to be a big challenge we'll be with you two o'clock on the bud light pregame tailgate coming up this saturday taking you up to the six o'clock kickoff We'll uh, talk to Jeff Nadeau during our Bud Light pregame tailgate, and we'll talk to him right now as he joins us to talk week three college football on the Fixed NC Live line. Big man, how you doing today? Pretty good, Clip. How are you? Doing great, and uh, I know you're off to a good start to this college football season. Uh, unfortunately, East Carolina is not, Jeff. As you know, the Pirates 0-2 after losing a pretty dreadful football game on Saturday. Not a lot of offense in the uh, Pirates and Gamecocks game last Saturday at Dottie Ficklin Stadium. East Carolina sitting at a 10-point underdog right now on the road at Marshall. Honestly, the way Marshall's scores have looked thus far, I thought that's, that spread would be closer to 14, but it is sitting at 10 right now. Jeff, uh, any early thoughts on the Herd and the Pirates coming up Saturday, 6 o'clock? Yeah, look, Clip, you know I don't pull any punches. You know I kind of just say how it is always. Um, th- this team's dreadful. Uh, there, I'm done with them. I'm done with East Carolina. I'm done backing them. I'm done talking good about them. I'm done talking good about Mike Houston. I'm just not going to do it. Um, this is a football team that's seemingly never prepared. Um, they just find ways to lose games. They're just not very good offensively. I- I've said before, and I'll say it again, uh, Clip. You know this. You're one of the smartest fans they have. Um, they're not good in the trenches. They're going to get dominated by teams. And look, these this particular as you know the other night that was a winnable football game i mean you were up what you know 14 nothing at one point i believe 14 nothing basically heading into the locker room and then a a pick six on a screen pass off a a running back uh leads to a 14-7 it was all downhill from there yeah i mean remember this is against an individual at the beginning of the season that was a grad assistant on a team like not not a not a backup not a third stringer he wasn't even on the it wasn't even on the team. He was a grad assistant, for God's sake. Um, just dreadful. Um, looking forward, not exactly the team you want to face after uh, you just lost to a very lowly South Carolina team. Marshall, as you said, I mean, killed Navy in week one, uh, then beat up NC Central in week two. Uh, it's going to get ugly. I was surprised this number was this low as well. Um, I have no interest and in, will not be backing East Carolina. It's really a question of do I want to back Marshall um, you know, I, I think, you know, I was kind of skeptical at the coaching hire. I get, I understand. I didn't get why you get rid of Doc Holliday, but yeah. you know, ultimately it looks like they're going to be pretty good. They have a great quarterback in Grant Wells. Um, I would have no interest in backing East Carolina really for the rest of the season. That, this team just finds ways to lose games. Not good right now, big man. We'll see what happens on Saturday. We will talk to Jeff leading up to kickoff on Saturday on the Bud Light pregame tailgate and go over some games with him then. Let's hit some games now because every now and then, and mostly every week, Jeff sees a line and immediately pounces on it. So, uh, big man, how about I just run through some games, get your quick thoughts if you're interested or not, and then uh, at the end, if you you got something you really like I didn't bring up, you can bring those up. Let's uh, stick in the American uh, for now, anyway. Coming up on Friday night, uh, speaking of bad teams, Louisville looked awful uh, in their week one matchup against Ole Miss. They are seven-point home dogs to Central Florida. How about Gus Malzahn in week three as a seven-point favorite on the road at Louisville? 68 total in that one, Jeff. Yeah, it's really – I mean, this this one's obviously going to be bet up, the over. Uh, obviously, whenever Louisville plays, you, you look at backing and over. It's really a question of can UCF score. Uh, or not UCF, sorry, if Louisville can score. Um, you know, I, I think they can. I, I actually thought ultimately they played pretty well against Ole Miss. 
um, at least offensively. They couldn't stop a nosebleed, but they, you know, they were able to score, you know, mid twenties. I think if they can do that here, uh, this game should find its way over. As long as it stays under seventy, I think I have some interest in the over. I wonder about Malik Cunningham, but as we've talked about time and time again, um, UCF was not a good defensive team. Uh, last year and this year they don't have Richie Grant who is their best defensive player so yeah I would probably be looking towards an over Dylan Gabriel's been terrific I would tell you that I think the best bet on this would probably be wait till a team total comes out um, you're probably going to get something around I don't know 42 44 I think if you get under 45 I'm going to have some interest in playing this game uh, as far as team total over 44, 45, whatever it is. Jeff Nadeau joining us, big man. Let's go to Saturday at noon. Really enjoyed uh, Miami and App State, and part of that was because I had App State, and uh, they had it close and then nearly won the game. Miami back at home this week, taking on Michigan State. Jeff Sparty uh, has looked pretty good through two weeks. Miami is a six-and-a-half-point home favorite in this one. Total is sitting at 56. Any uh, interest in Michigan State-Miami on Saturday? Yeah, I guess you're going to kind of hope, maybe hope that it would somehow get to seven. I'll tell you right now, I, I think culture is changing in, in Michigan State. I, I thought, you know, the Mel Tucker hire, I think it's going to work. It seems like he's a guy that really just has good culture wherever he goes. Um, you look at, you know, really up and down this roster. I mean, they have two of the best receivers in the country in Reed and Naylor. They have a guy in um, Walker in the backfield. Um, you know, I know he was out, I think, the other day against Youngstown State. But you know, they have capable running backs, and they have two quarterbacks I think they can move the football, whether it's Peyton Thorne or Anthony Russo. Um, Michigan State's going to be a tough team to beat this year. Pretty good defensive group as well. Uh, Miami, as you mentioned, struggled in week one. Obviously struggled, I think, to really get out of there with a win against Appalachian State, a very good uh, mid-major. Now you got to play another tough outing. This is not easy for Miami. First three games are very tough. Um, I think Michigan State's playing as good as anyone in the country over the first two games. I was very impressed with them. I had them week one against Northwestern. Um, I think they're a team that this week I'd be interested in. I guess really the question is, I think unless this goes to seven, I probably won't be real interested. It's really just about the number for me. Um, But, you know, we'll see as the week goes on. Is it a game that I zoomed in on? Not particularly. Um, I kind of want to see what the status of uh, Michigan State's running back is, the kid that ran for all the yards. In week one, he didn't play in week two, I don't believe. Jeff Nadeau joining us, and uh, yeah, I said it kind of intro in that game and agree with everything you said. I'm kind of fascinated to see what Michigan State looks like for the remainder of the year after seeing them uh, the first two weeks. Jeff, uh, big one for Cincinnati, kind of a, an appetizer for the main course, which will be a, a trip to South Bend to take on Notre Dame, but they are on the road and a favorite uh, taking on Indiana. We saw Indiana week one get waxed by Iowa after what Iowa did last week. Maybe Iowa's just that good. Uh, but Indiana maybe overrated heading into the year. This is huge for Cincinnati to prove they're worthy of a top 10 to go in there and beat an Indiana team. Uh, right now, Fickle and the Bearcats, three and a half point favorites total sitting at 50. How do you like uh, Cincinnati's chances on Saturday? Yeah, this is kind of an intriguing game. I think, you know, obviously coming into the year, Michael Penix wasn't completely healthy. Um, you know, and he kind of proved that in week one uh, when they were trounced by Iowa. Um, you know, but then you look at a week two, I know they played Idaho, but look, you know, he was able to get some game action. He was okay. They ran the ball effectively. Uh, look, obviously this is a tough outing. Look, it didn't work against a really good defensive team in week one. Luckily, you're getting this game at home. You're in a little bit situation, did a little bit different situation with your quarterback. Um, you know, there's still something about Ritter that 
I, I know he's a good player, but I, there's just still something about him that I don't love. I think he's a good quarterback. I don't think he's a great quarterback. Um, I think it's really going to be about I just want to kind of watch a little bit more on Penix, see how he kind of looked ultimately in that game against Idaho. I, I got to tell you, I think this is a decent spot for Indiana. I'm, I'm just being honest. I think people kind of have this in their feeling that Indiana's not good. Cincinnati's obviously a really good uh, I think this might be a good spot for a home dog in back of the beer. I'll see. I haven't played it yet, but um, it's an intriguing matchup nonetheless. I think Indiana's a bit undervalued, I think I can say. Jeff, uh, any interest in saying Florida can keep it within 15 and a half Alabama? Like, I, it, it might happen. I just could not <laughs> sleep well at night knowing that I would uh, put hard-earned money on anybody to stay with Bama. And, and I don't know. Maybe Florida's really good, but what do you think about Bama, Florida on Saturday? Yeah, I wasn't too intrigued by them last week against South Florida. South Florida is one of the worst teams in the country. You let them score 20 points. Cade Fortner is actually pretty effective. Uh, look, I, I'm always in the camp of if you don't like Alabama, just avoid the game. I mean, what would yeah. you have to do that to yourself? I mean, <laughs> do, do, you, I mean, do you really want to back Emory Jones? I'm just, I'm just going to ask you. I, I don't. I don't want to back him in any game, let alone against uh, – against Alabama. So, yeah, I, I was pretty disappointed with them in the second half. I don't think they played particularly well against South Florida. Maybe they were looking ahead a little bit to this game. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, if, if I'm not on Alabama, I would I would disappoint it. That's a pretty good, uh, pretty good uh, I guess, uh, mantra to go by there. Jeff, uh, I don't know how good these teams are. The atmosphere is going to be great in Happy Valley. 7.30 Saturday night, Auburn, Penn State, James Franklin's Nittany Lions, a six-point favorite total at 52.5. Auburn has uh, got into the top 25, uh, so a battle of the top 25 teams here. Uh, what, what side do you like here, if any? Uh, Not one I looked into too extensively. I kind of just cross over Auburn games for the most part. Just not – I'm not a big Bo Nicks guy. You know, Penn State I, I've been pretty intrigued by. Defensively, I think they're really good. Obviously, you know, Sean Clifford has seemed to answer some tests so far. Um, I would lean Penn State. I think they're the better football team overall. Um, you know, I, not one I looked into a whole hell of a lot, though. Yeah, How about late night, Jeff? Uh, it seems like I fall for a, a sucker bet every week. And this week, just seeing – I know UCLA's been really good and dominated – um lsu but seeing fresno state plus 11 and a half makes me want to jump on that thinking they can keep this thing close uh how about that matchup any any thoughts there yeah obviously you know i think fresno is a team i think hayner has the best completion percentage in the country as far as i know um as we remember let's look at ucla quickly uh hawaii very overrated i mean that, that that's not a good football team LSU, obviously, new quarterback, not as effective as they once were. Maybe they're kind of big about a coach that's just in a little bit over his head, maybe a little overrated. I think you can make the case. Um, I might be saying something that's crazy, but I mean, is Fresno the best team they've played so far? I, I think you make the case. Right. That's kind of where I was going with this thing, the, the way they've looked. I mean, Jake Hayner is really good. Really, really good. I, they have a great running back in Ronnie Rivers. Um, their, their skill division players, Kelly, Pope, Cropper, all very good. I mean, really just a good offensive team. I thought they were unlucky that they weren't able to beat Oregon. They were right in that game. We know how good Oregon is. Uh, yeah, I, I was a bit surprised by this line. And I don't think it's one of those games where I think a lot of people say, well, this is Texas, you all Lafayette. Uh, I'm not so sure. Fresno is significantly better than you all Lafayette. I think Texas and UCLA are on similar playing fields for the most part. 
Um, I, I, w- I wouldn't have any other interest. The only thing that would make me kind of not as interested in this game, I think the public's going to be all over Fresno. Right, um, exactly. That's kind of that's kind of concerning for me here. But it does have the feel of, of Oregon, or Oregon, Ohio State to me a little bit. Um, I thought that number was high. I think this number, if it stays above ten and a half, I, I would have interest in Fresno. Surely. All right, Jeff. That, that's I just kind of ran down a slate there. Looked at some uh, some games of interest. Uh, what else? What what are you uh, into for this Saturday? Anything you've already played? Yeah, I played Army minus thirty three against like, UConn. <laughs> yeah. Um, look, I, I think there's a lot of confluence here that really make this a terrific bet. Um, a lot of people will shy away from laying big prices with teams like Army or Navy, but. I want to go back, Clip, because UConn didn't play in 2020. So the last capable stats we have outside of this season are 2019. They actually played the Naval Academy. Uh, They lost 59-10 in that game. Hmm. Um, I think Army uh, is right there with that 2019 Navy team. They have a dynamic quarterback in Christian Anderson. Actually threw the ball seven times against West Kentucky. Munkin is opening up the playbook a little bit more. UConn is any world of hurt. Um, this is a group that when they last played in 2019, we're giving up six yards a carry, mm. just under five yards a carry now. But this is a dreadful defense. This is a terrible spot to face a military school, kind of the middle of the year, very little um, preparation time. It's very hard to kind of complement and, and understand how to play this type of offense. What is the mindset at UConn practice day in, day out, Jeff? Edsel's out now. Uh, you, they had that clip of I think it was week one where the coach and other coaches saying, "All right, guys, Huskies on three raises his arms. Nobody even moves towards the middle of the huddle. Like, what are they even doing at practice? I just that, that's got to be just an awful place to be day in day out. Yeah, it really. It, you know, it's funny. It's funny you say that because I actually, for whatever reason, I I watched. I don't watch the full game. I generally watch condensed highlights. They're generally like twenty minutes long. And I noticed a lot of plays where the UConn, I mean, the offensive line just seemed disinterested. Yeah. They've actually made a quarterback change. I mean, it is a it, – it's made no difference. This is just a team that I think has completely quit three games in. I mean, this is a group that's giving up 44 points a game. And one thing I've learned over the years, when you have given up as a football team, the last team you want to play <laughs> are Army – I mean, they're just, they're really elite defensively. You look at, I guess, just possessions in this game. We figure Army's probably going to have, let's just say they only have two possessions a quarter. I mean, it's conceivable. We just need them to, to score five out of those eight possessions. And look, I, I, this Army is the best military school. I don't think it's close right now. I kind of had this one at, you know, 51 7, something like that. Um, I, I thought the indicative game, Army killed Georgia State. That was impressive. Um, this is a UConn team that lost the Holy Cross by double digits. I think you made a great point. I think UConn is, is completely quit. Uh, good call. Jeff, uh, Jeff's pretty good with his military schools. Good call on Air Force last week, uh, Jeff. And uh, liking that under as well. I don't know if you played it, but we, we kind of touched on that too. Uh, but 23-3, to Air Force all over a bad Navy team last week. All right, big man, we'll uh, we'll reconvene Thursday, talk NFL, maybe a little more college. Anything else uh, before we go today? No, really just excited. I think there's some playable spots in this card this week. We have the last real week of, of out-of-conference games, so you know, definitely tread light. Hey, quick clip. Can I recommend just one other thought? Yeah. I'm still trying to understand why Eastern Michigan is an 18-point favorite to anyone on Earth. 
this is a bad football team. I know people are going to say, well, UMass is worse. You're right, but look, I thought UMass was pretty good last week against Boston College. I don't know why Eastern Michigan is an 18-point favorite. And if you look at the number, this one opened 19.5 clip. It's down to 17.5. I think Sharps agree with me here. Eastern Michigan, this is too many points to give to anyone. That is why we have Jeff Nadeau on, because I had no plans, interest, or anything uh, to talk about that football game. That is going to be pretty brutal. But there's always an edge on one side or the other, no matter who's playing, right, Jeff? There definitely is. And and, and I think UMass is kind of the opposite of of what UConn is. I think UMass still tries. I think they still care. (laughs) Right. And I think their quarterback play is actually decent. So this is one of those games where you take a little $50 bill, a Chris $50 bill, and say, Let's take a shot on you, Matt. <laughs> Let's have some fun on a Saturday. Hey, I had uh, Kansas plus 28 last Friday night, Jeff. They lost by 27. Your Jayhawks being a little frisky. <laughs> yeah. They just need one more win. Listen, I, I'm telling you, one more clip. <laughs> yeah. We're going to get it maybe this week uh, or next week. There you go. Baylor and Duke coming up, right? Let's go. Yeah. All right, uh, Jeff Nadeau joining us. Jeff, enjoyed the chat. You can check out patreon.com slash BMOC. Jeff's got a lot of videos, giving out some winners this football season. Nine and three clip this year in college football. That is very strong. We'll uh, we'll talk more football with you Thursday, big man. Thanks, Clip. Jeff Nadeau joining us on the Fixed NC Live line, looking ahead to week three of the college football season. We'll talk week two NFL with Jeff coming up. On Thursday, my football team in action against the New York Giants Thursday night right here on Pirate Radio. I would recommend finding more fun things to do than watching that game. Uh, We will take a timeout. Come back when we return. Steven Igloo is here. We got a lot of Pirate football to talk about. Apparently, he's going to make an announcement on if he's A, going to Marshall, going to be in Huntington Saturday, B, Going to be in studio on the Bud Light pregame tailgate or C, heading to Alaska. The decision. Stephen Igloo joins us when we return after this. to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. Save lives, be a hero, and make $1,000 your very first month donating plasma at Griffles Biomat USA. Start now at Biomat USA on 505 South Memorial Drive. A better donor experience and better pay. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Do you need custom t-shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? We'll keep it local and print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at University sportswearenc.com the official sportswear provider of pirate radio for 18 years now let's head back in to prl here's clip rock Alrighty, back with you on a tuesday edition of pirate radio live thanks to jeff nadu kevin monroe joining us on the program thus far we will now welcome in from hoist the colors.net iggy aka steven igloo steven igloo joining us steven igloo Inside the Pirate Radio Studios. What's up, Iggs? What's up, man? He's just... <laughs> I'm so rattled, I can't even speak English. Uh, my my nickname growing up was Iggy. Really? Yeah. Was that during uh, Andre was... Iguodala's career? No, well before that. I was the first Iggy. <laughs> okay. uh, this was Do you like... know how old Andre Iguodala is, by the way? I mean, he's old, but this was like 
he didn't become uh, i feel like a star to the warriors run we're talking early to mid 2000s right well i was i wait you're talking like four years ago he was in the league yeah, for a long no, time i mean i was the first iggy this was youth baseball which was like eight years old i was born in 92 right. so he was born in 84 yeah okay that's fine that's you're that's you're fine. the original iggy we'll still just say that uh but iggy welcome to the show iggy transition to i go <laughs> i go transition good work chan man that's very good stuff we got the name we have an actual igloo first off i great job on the graphics for sure yeah um that dude man i admire the the heck out of the passion like when he was screaming about the gaps and all that stuff it was uh entertaining seven freaking gaps do we think he like legitimately thinks my name is igloo or he was just trying to take a shot i think he was taking a shot in fact his call started with when are we gonna stop when's everybody gonna stop riding the nuts of the local i didn't know i've been riding the nuts of holton aylers well now you do uh and i like that uh he was talking about everybody and probably including not, us not you guys no and then we said <laughs> what do you mean who's doing that and he's like oh not you guys surely he was talking about us but like when he was questioned on it he uh was it you or somebody else that commented that he said not us so we wouldn't hang up on him i didn't comment that yeah somebody commented that made a pretty good point that he said no not you guys so we wouldn't like hang him up hang right, up on right. him or something because usually that he was kind of towing a line there and he, he just kept rattling off stuff screaming so we're talking about joe by the way we played the whole call over yesterday it's all over our uh social media but he was just cracking me up I, I wasn't really even paying attention to what he was saying it was more about how he was saying it that was funny to me i enjoyed it i thought it was great i think uh i hope he calls in again next week uh speaking of calls we'll hear parker bunch's call in just a moment but speaking of nuts surely uh i got a clip during the show a moment ago this was alabama wide receiver uh now i gotta find his name jordan jordan battle this is jordan battle who was asked a question about nick saban earlier today and this will probably be the last time uh he speaks to the media in 2021 let's hear from jordan battle from alabama yeah, I've asked a couple of the other older guys about this, but do you have a favorite saying that Saban has, one of his little coaching, uh, you know, quips he has? Uh, not that I can think of right now because he has so many, but there there are a few I like, and um, he always talking about touch D's or 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 you know a suck uh, suck on D's or all that. All right. What was that in the background? Is that like guys laughing? Or I believe it... so. Sound like a dog or yeah. somebody laughing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Charlie, yeah. that's your first time hearing that. I told you not even to listen to it. Just play it. <laughs> this is all true, by the way, because I remember a long time ago on Dan Patrick, oh, he asked a player, and it might have been Josh Jacobs, but it might have been even I re- before I that. I had to write an article on it. That's the time for 24-7 sports. How, it was years ago right yeah it was like one of their former players and then if i think it was either josh jacobs or or maybe it was somebody before that then jacobs confirmed it yeah but anyway on the dan patrick show a alabama player former player 
said that Nick Saban has a fascination with the D's joke. And it's just like runs it into the ground and just says it constantly. So now every time Dan Patrick talks to an Alabama player, you ask him, some will be like, no comment. Some will say, some will just chuckle. Mm-hmm. And some will say, oh, yeah, he loves to do that. Yeah, that's his thing. And now we hear an active, a current Alabama player saying that Nick Saban, a uh, big fan of going. <laughs> he went touch and it's the oldest joke in the book (laughs) (laughs) but nick saban saying it i gotta say is kind of funny is nick saban funnier than brian kelly yes (laughs) okay because i would imagine his delivery is a little bit better (laughs) it sounds like it so uh there you go sorry uh don't don't shoot the messenger folks that is uh, an alabama player there talking about a favorite phrase from nick saban all right let's uh back to phone calls real quick this is a good way to wrap this hour up we heard from joe uh we played that call yesterday we played dale's day yesterday it's totally totally now why do you think dale was a prank call i just don't i think it was somebody just trying to trip you guys up with some bs like there's no way that was a real call how is that an older gentleman calling in talking about his day i think it was a young man impersonating an old man was it you it may have been me it may have been joe (laughs) what if every call is the same person doing different voices we got 37 of the same person uh calls were hot on saturday and one of those came from viral legend parker bunch and uh he had some thoughts on the game and let's hear those again all right let's go to viral video star and swinging dingers pirate radio uh regular semi-regular he was on one time <laughs> parker bunch <laughs> joining us what's up parker what's up how you doing bud good man what you think about the game today well i think we need to get a new offensive coordinator now when that's when that's coming from parker bunch that's uh that's a big statement what didn't you like uh bad play calling or what 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 was bad today you know, I think I think the offensive line did a heck of a job. You know, Holton wasn't on his back all game, and the defense did a heck of a job. And I think, you know, people need to stop talking down on Holton and get behind him and give him some, some momentum and give him a chance. That's what I think. All right. All right. I think that's a mic drop right there. I think I think he hit the nail on the head, man. Parker, anything? Par- oh, go ahead, Chandler. Parker? You just hit a dinger, buddy. There you go. That's that's what I was missing. A verbal dinger. <laughs> Anything else, Parker? I think they need to start banging some pads. There you banging go. Some that's pads. It. Banging some pads. That's yeah. it. All right. Well, good to hear from you, buddy. Hopefully, uh, hopefully we can get a W next week. Hopefully. All right, man. Thank you. Thank you. There he is, Parker Bunch. I go. I like that call. He had his points ready to go. He got him out there, and uh, the man said what he feels. He's not the first to call for the offensive coordinator. He's one of the few to defend the quarterback based on social media this week. It's been a, uh, you know, it's such a, it's so amazing to like hear all the feedback and try to digest it on hoist the colors. Like, take, I always take questions the day after the game for our podcast, and like we have people that say we need to be more aggressive. We had somebody say they need to run the ball more. They say, why are we throwing the ball up 14 nothing past midfield? Somebody said, why are we not taking a shot there? So it's like everybody's 
thinks they have the answer. In reality, I don't know if any of us have the answer because do we really know football? All we know that is it's not looking how it's supposed to look. It is super ugly, and that is what I love about it. I've said it um, many a time that we all watch the same game and we all have different thoughts on what went right and what went wrong in that game. And it, and I watch our Facebook live chat during the fifth quarter, and they just go in circles of it's not Holden's fault, it's Donnie, it's the play calling, and they'll say. Uh, the, the plays are there holden's just not executing the plays and it's just like a giant circle of life and then you got people calling for garcia then you're like well i want stubblefield yeah somebody said move brian gag back to quarterback and i think it's great honestly that yeah. everybody has their own take on it oh, but for sure but your point is like we don't have the answer and and neither does this coaching staff at the moment because yeah. you can't have your starting quarterback in 2021 throwing for 77 yards no i mean the thing is we didn't play Alabama. No. And South Carolina is probably one They're of the probably better a good defense. defenses ECU will face. But I thought that ECU had opportunities they didn't take advantage of. And I mean, if this was the first year and you had a first-year quarterback and a first-year system, you would understand it. But, you know, we've talked about it. This is the third year of the system, third year of Holton Aylers being the starting quarterback in the system. How you know how long have we talked about when are we going to see that consistency from the offense? Like we've seen the flashes the past two years. And we we keep waiting for this consistency and it hasn't happened at this point. If it doesn't happen by the end of the season, then you ask, well, whatever we're doing clearly is not working if you have the same personnel, same system, and you don't take that next step. Now, I do think App and South Carolina comprise probably two of the top four defenses EC will face this season. So I'm interested to see how they look against Marshall. It'll be more of an even matchup in terms of talent across the board. Now, if they go up to Huntington and they lose 38 to 10, and it still looks bad, then at that point, you know, I, I think you have to look at making you know some serious philosophy changes if you can't improve when you face a, a much better matchup. Not that Marshall's bad defensively; they're very good. But I'll tell you what, they're they, more respectable of a, a, a evenly matched team. They are. A hundred times better than South Carolina offensively. Oh, but there's no doubt. I mean, there's no doubt about that. Um, now they haven't been tested at all. I agree with that. Navy. I mean, Navy had what 62 yards of offense against Air Force. North Carolina Central is North Carolina Central. Now at this point, I think they're definitely a, a more complete team than South Carolina, and it's on the road, so ECU's going to have to play a lot better on both sides of the ball to win. But they have not faced any adversity with the new staff. You look at the end of last year when they started to get figured out a little bit especially offensively they got shut down pretty good and they have the same offensive coordinator back so it'll be interesting to see what does uh what does Blake Harrell try to do I want to say Grant Wells struggled a little bit when he actually faced pressure last year so I have to look at the numbers as the week goes along but if ECU can get some pressure on him suddenly things may look a little different but it's it's not going to be an easy game and the Pirates are oh. double-digit underdogs for a reason yeah I mean I had this one Look, last week I called for an ECU bounce back, a pirate win. I felt pretty good about that prediction for about 65% of the day on Saturday. But even last week, I said I was go ahead, go, ready to go ahead and pr- go ahead and take Marshall to beat East Carolina. And yeah. I'm ready to do that today. I would have been ready to do that if they'd have won that game in ugly fashion on Saturday just because you're on the road and – We've sent really good teams to Marshall and taken L's in the For past. Sure. Now, they don't have Rakeem Cato, but they do have a very good quarterback. Uh, he's good. Now, the one 
the one thing that has been a problem for them the first two weeks against bad teams is they have put the ball on the ground a lot. They have, I don't know how many they lost, but combined interceptions and fumbles, they've had 11 through the first two games. Good God. Now, I don't know how many of those fumbles were lost, but I was How in there. the world can they overcome that with these scores they, they've had? Against Navy, I think they blocked a punt and a field goal. North Carolina Central just sucks. So. Yeah, man. Um, That's crazy. But no, their quarterback, man, I remember watching him last year against App and some of their early games. And he, he's he got a very good arm, and he, he makes a lot of good throws. They have a weapon in Xavier Gaines, who's kind of like a hybrid tight end type, similar to Ryan Jones, except they actually get him the football, and he catches it consistently. So I, I think it, it'll be a tough matchup. You know, I thought Kevin Monroe made a good point about yeah, ECU looked really good last week, but it was a one-dimensional attack, and you were playing at home with the crowd behind you. You know, if you go on the road, you're gonna have to find a way to bottle that energy up, and you got to stop the run and the pass. And they, you know, they like to throw the ball a lot on early downs, where South Carolina was predominantly running the football on early downs. So it's gonna be a different type of challenge this week. Uh, we have a uh, from the helm on ECUPirates.com. Stephen, is this new? It's the first time I'm seeing it. Have yeah, you seen yeah. this? uh we will uh we'll read some of john gilbert's comments from the helm and we'll make some picks we will i came to ecupirates.com to check on our season-long bet i have under 15 catches for ecu tight ends in 2021 igo has over we are we're sitting at one after week one and after two weeks let's see what we're sitting at steven one what are you well i mean nobody even called passes last week is a thing like i mean i don't I through don't, two weeks ecu has one catch from a tight end i'm looking good it feels like they have one catch from the entire offense i mean it's just been bad now the the problem with shane calhoun who i expected to be over 15 catches alone he's is, been banged up right? he's been banged up he just has not looked like the same guy that i saw in the preseason like I, I, he's just not getting any separation not really running routes at full speed so i hope as the season goes along he gets more healthy and they can get him the football but i mean if you're ryan jones you got to catch that ball man you know, again holton made poor decisions on saturday but you had that first and 10 first play for the offense out of the, out of the second half design play to ryan jones he's wide open and he drops the ball on what would have been a 15-yard gain. You know, Josiah Hatfield drops the ball in third and 10 that should have been caught. So you just had a whole offensive failure from the top down, and it's just got to be better, point blank. Point blank, period. We will take a timeout. Uh, We've got picks. We've got a giveaway. We've got more ECU talk. We'll talk NFL. I guess Broncos are 1-0. My excitement level was at a, what did I say, a nine last week? Yeah, you said nine. I'll give you an update on my Washington football team excitement level. And I go, yours was at a four? I think a three. A three? Three or four. We'll see uh, where yours uh, has bumped up to after a win over the New York football Giants. We'll take a timeout, come back, a lot more to go. Hour three of Pirate Radio Live on the way after this.
You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Carolina Hardscapes. Making memories with your family and friends is what life is all about. If you have a dream of having a backyard patio fireplace, pool walkways, fire pits, or more, then Carolina Hardscapes is the place to call. Get started on your dreams today at Carolina Hardscapes on Fire Tower Road, across from Bostick Sun Furniture. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Making memories with your family and friends is what life is all about. If you have a dream of having a backyard patio fireplace, pool walkways, fire pits, or more, then Carolina Hardscapes is the place to call at 364-1201. Or you can stop by the Carolina Hardscapes Outdoor Showroom on Fire Tower Road right across from Bostick Sun Furniture. Get started on your dreams today at Carolina Hardscapes. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip Brock. All right. Cliff Brock and the Igloo here on a Tuesday. I wish people could hear what we talk about in between commercial breaks. Steven Igloo. Steven Igloo. Did you listen to the whole fifth quarter, Igo Igloo? I think uh, three-fourths of it. Yeah. It was a long one, so I, did, I was not able to make it through all of it. It was uh, it was a rough one there on uh, Saturday. And speaking of this Saturday, so you put out on Twitter that you were going to make a big announcement today, Steven. Huge. <laughs> Huge announcement. Will you be, A, in Huntington, West Virginia, live, joining us on the Fixed NC Live line for 10 minutes or so on Saturday on the Bud Light pregame tailgate, B, in studio, hanging out for a segment or two on the Bud Light pregame tailgate and not going to to Huntington? Only a segment or two? Is that that all the allotted time I would be allowed? Uh, You're allowed as long as you want. I'd love for you to stay an hour. Or C, heading back to the homeland, to your igloo in Alaska. So will it be A, Huntington, West Virginia, B, Winterville slash Greenville, North Carolina, or C, Anchorage, Alaska on Saturday? You know, it it took a lot to come up with this choice and a lot of deliberation, a lot of talk with the family. What family did you speak to? Um, Your son? Yeah, I talked to Slater, and he, he said that he really wanted to, to go to Alaska. Were those his first words? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> igloo was his first word and so igloo. that meant alaska to me but, igloo. daddy can you not my name be igloo and you know i was talking with the wife i'm like you know we probably don't have the funds to go to alaska and you know what the best next thing compared to alaska is what huntington west virginia. and so i will be making the trip Aww. to huntington west virginia which, as I drove to it last time in Thanksgiving of 2013, as ECU prepared to play Marshall for a trip to the Conference USA Championship, it basically was Alaska in that it had just snowed, and I was driving through the icy mountains, and I almost died. Um, so I'm not looking forward to the trip. I am glad that I will be driving, or Ronnie and I will be going together. He'll be driving, and it won't be like 20 degrees and icy on the ground, knock on wood. So, but it's a miserable drive. I hate that drive to West Virginia. I've made I've made the drive to Morgantown. I have uh, made the ride. I haven't drove it, but I did ride as a young. I was still a student, and I rode with Nate Summers and Brock Ledgeworth to see John Thompson's Pirates get mauled in uh, oh, West Virginia. Was that the uh, KJ Harris game? Yeah, three hundred and yeah. some yards. Um, but no, man, I've not to go on too big of a off the beaten path here but i have legitimately gone off the beaten path driving to 
Morgantown specifically where I like the GPS just took me like in the back roads of West Virginia and I'm like driving off the sides of neighborhoods and mountains like yeah. it's, it's sketchy man I don't yeah. know how people like live up there and have a good time <laughs> unless you're in one of the big cities like, a whole lot just, of drinking Huntington is a pretty cool town but like between Huntington and Charleston and a few other cities like there's just nothing going on uh you can get a flight uh looks like from raleigh to alaska 337 dollars nine hours and 28 minutes that's honestly cheaper than i expected from charlotte a little more expensive from greensboro now i don't know about greenville <laughs> and that is not listed so there can't be too many people making that connection to greenville to alaska yeah. in terms of just straight up flights long term but I don't, I don't know it's you know maybe we'll make the trip out one day to the uh 50th state Redbeard says <laughs> take cash the tolls are four dollars each i think there are four of them going and coming back thanks for the tip Redbeard. i will do that for sure i have zero dollars worth of cash in my wallet currently um question on this this is a serious question i just went to new jersey not that long ago and there were some tolls that were had a toll booth worker and taking cash some uh there was nobody there and you just went through and i was told maybe they get your license plate they'll send you a bill or something yeah that's how it's supposed to work but like so if you don't have cash on you you just go through the lane that's like no cash and then they bill you so why even take cash just so you don't have to worry about the bill later i guess i guess so okay I was just wondering what happens. Like they and don't. You said to, I think you might have to pay like a small fee. Probably so. Online. There's a fine, a like fee, a one dollar fee. That's how they get you. So they don't arrest you immediately. Yeah, they just come to your house <laughs> and say if you don't pay that one dollar fee, you're going to jail in Alaska. Steven, uh, we'll make some picks later on. I don't even have the game. I'm so behind this Tuesday thing. And you keep saying, "Yeah, man, it's Tuesday." <laughs> wait, wait. What did I say? You're like, whoa. Don't have our stuff like you do not care i've I've not said any of those words every time i say i don't have picks ready you shrug and act like it's the craziest thing in the world you've heard like it's tuesday we used to do this on thursday now you preparation clip i work (laughs) (laughs) you show up one day a week now you know some of our people are out there in the 100 degree heat all summer covering uh events how hot is it today probably 103 but people are working hard here not us but some people oh boy anyway we'll get to our picks later steven uh ecu marshall <clears throat> let's break down the edge let's do it we haven't done it all year long I've the been- edge thank you i can tell you, you think you know me i've done zero research on marshall i did watch the entire charles huff press conference today though so jury's still out is he a good fit is he a good coach head coach we'll see i like his demeanor uh, i'm gonna say something hypocritical here there's nothing better to get the fan base uh <laughs> riled up with a two and zero record to start your campaign of course scotty montgomery did that too <laughs> that is very true but uh those folks got to be happy with what they've seen so far i wonder i go too maybe i'll ask steve cod when i talk to him later and if you talk to a marshall uh person or persons ask them like what was the fan base's reaction and what was their split on doc holiday and should he have been back i gotta imagine it well i don't know i shouldn't speak for him but i would think as surprised as i was it would be like 60 40 wanted to keep doc 70 30 or maybe i'm wrong maybe 
but i don't know i would find that interesting because that is something too with the fan base like we we had a big split when ruffin mcneil was fired obviously sure. and scotty montgomery came in and it and there was probably a faction of people that no matter what scotty montgomery did they wouldn't be satisfied because he wasn't ruffin mcneil there were some people overcompensating because they wanted rough to be gone so much that they thought this scotty montgomery guy they you know they thought he could do no wrong even when he did mike tomlin yeah right some people describe because he coached with mike tomlin so you know i I wonder if it's a similar deal with doc holiday there in marshall i don't know yeah i don't know enough marshall fans firsthand to say one way or the other i do remember perusing the marshall message boards to kind of get a gauge on it when it went down because i was so shocked and i think it was very similar in terms of hey why are we doing this and then the other faction of the fan base was saying hey we need to do this it was time it's time to take the next step as a program you know to kind of become a team that wins conference usa annually competes for a g5 playoff uh not playoff but new year six birth or whatever the ultimate goal is there at marshall um but yeah i mean i just watched his press conference today i, I was impressed by just he wants to clean up that sloppy play he made several comments at ecu you know coach speak of course but ecu is the best team we've faced to this point it's not even close in terms of talent and in terms of he was like we had personnel advantages the first two games like that's not going to be the case this week if we make the same mistakes it's going to be a much different outcome so he knows they can't be putting the ball on the ground seven times or whatever like they did against navy yeah um but I think at the same time, they have an experience advantage in certain spots. They're playing on their home turf. Uh, they've got the home crowd behind them. It's not a huge stadium, but, man, it, it does get loud there. So ECU's got to be ready for that atmosphere. And that program, I mean, everything that the ECU game means to them, it, it's a big game, and, and their players are well aware of what that you know rivalry means, the historic significance behind it. So when ECU comes to town, they get very fired up and – they usually uh, play their best football against the Pirates. Uh, the 0-2 start is pretty devastating. Maybe I'm overstating it, but if you win at Marshall, you'll gain some fans back for the Charleston Southern game. You start 0-3, lose at Marshall. Charleston Southern, that's going to be a sad crowd at Dowdy Ficklin Stadium on Saturday the 25th, and it'll you'll win that game, and it'll probably be another sad one. I don't know. Maybe some people will give you a shot against Tulane which heck that could be a really important ball game Tulane could be ranked by then if they're able to to beat Ole Miss this week but then you go at UCF at Houston I don't know man I you needed that one Saturday you really needed it bad um and you didn't get it and now I'm just worried about support attendance interest in pirate football because we have seen this song and dance so many times what six straight years whatever seven so it's uh it's it's hard to kind of say all right fans you got to stay locked in no matter what's happening on the football field it'd be nice if that was the case but we're watching uh south carolina score on a pick six as we talk about this uh just a uh a, a rough situation i go a win would be huge on saturday i'm not predicting one of those to happen yeah i mean it's just ecu's gonna have to play so much better offensively and continue what it did defensively plus be even better arguably to to have a respectable showing against a more complete offense so this game um it looks like a tough one on paper i still think ecu's offense is going to bounce back i don't know to what extent you know i think they're going to have to score 
you know, I said last week they probably had to get upper 20s to win. It turned out it was even lower than that. I think this game you're probably going to have to score 35-plus to win. Yeah. I just think this is going to be a, a high-scoring game, especially with the way Grant Wells is throwing the football. So the offense is going to have to operate at a pretty high level. I just don't know if they can do it. I mean, ACU yet to hit 20 points in 2021. Yeah, and that's, that is shocking. And no matter how good a defense is you're facing, like you still expect to score. And you think about it, really how many points did they truly score – in the, this past game and you, you scored on a trick play and, and yeah you get credit for the trick play and then you scored on a 13 yard touchdown drive now the the field goal drive was an excellent drive it just it was not capped off with a touchdown but i mean that drive was like 16 plays eight up eight minutes o'clock like that is a great drive mm-hmm. you just have to score a touchdown so You want to really break it down. Uh, You score one on a trick play, one on a short field. You scored 10 points when the game was already over against App State. Yeah. You you could say that ECU has scored 12 legitimate points this year, like on drives when games matter. Right. I mean, it's fair Mm, take. That's that's, that's bad. And so, again, I do think both these teams are good defenses, but you just got to be better. We've talked about it, and – you know, it'll be interesting to see how they respond. I mean, I, I do think that the thing about Holden Aylers, we kind of talked about it last week, but when he's had a really bad game in the past, he has responded. You know, I remember some of the games in the, you know, when he, everybody, I think in that 2019 season, I can't remember what, I think it was a South Florida game. They just played like complete trash at home. And then they come back against Cincinnati the next week and he throws for 530 yards. So, I'm not saying that's going to happen. I'm just saying typically when he does have a really bad game, he bounces back. So we'll see what happens Saturday. Pen, and, uh, okay. Sorry, I was just going to say for people calling for Mason Garcia, we asked that question today. Yeah, we'll hit it again. We've the played it two or three was, times. The key response, Holton Aylers gives us the best chance to win. Uh, Benjamin on Facebook Live says, Oh, man, y'all still crying over Saturday game. Get over it and move on. It's Tuesday now. Thanks, Benjamin. I didn't Benjamin. Know coaches where we have to, you know. What in the hell show are you Marshall. listening to and watching? What are you watching? doing, Benjamin? We have talked about Marshall. We've talked about the schedule coming up. We've, we've talked about everything. What are you listening to? What is going on in your brain and in your ears? What are you doing? You need to think, look at yourself and say, what am I doing right now? And think about it and get your situation settled and get everything right. And then listen intently to what is happening in reality. And then you can comment again on Facebook Live. All right, let's take a timeout. We'll come back. We got to make some picks. We got to talk some NFL. We got to make. We got to look ahead, and make some picks, Clip. We can't look back and make any. No, com- we can't make any comments about this past Saturday. You know, we should make some week two picks. Let's do that. Let's take a look back and make some picks. <laughs> Benjamin, we're taking a four minute break. Get yourself together, and we'll be back after this.
are listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Carolina Hardscapes. Making memories with your family and friends is what life is all about. If you have a dream of having a backyard patio fireplace, pool walkways, fire pits, or more, then Carolina Hardscapes is the place to call. Get started on your dreams today at Carolina Hardscapes on Fire Tower Road, across from Bostick Sun Furniture. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Quality equipment is your for- is your full-service John Deere dealer with 28 locations to serve you. Quality Equipment is open in Winterville next to Sam's Club. Or you can go online and visit qualityequip.com to find the location near you. And take a look at your Buck scoreboard for today. The Indians beat the Twins in seven innings. That's their uh, that's game one of a doubleheader they have today. Uh, the final there was 3-1. to one. Game two is slated to start at 7.40. And coming up at 7.05, it'll be the Cubs taking on the Phillies. The Marlins take on the Nationals. O's and Yankees kick off at 7.05. You can hear that game right here on Pirate Radio. And the Rockies take on the Braves. First pitch is slated for 7.20. And that is a look at your Buck scoreboard brought to you by the Buccaneer Music Hall. as your beacon of music in the land of the Pirates in eastern North Carolina. They're open from noon until 2 a.m. with live music every night. And now during football season, they have food trucks during the day. Follow The Buck on Facebook and Instagram for the updated schedule. And we'll see you at The Buck. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip Rock. Back with you on Pirate Radio Live here on a Tuesday. Still trying to work on uh, show prep I was supposed to have ready an hour ago when Igo showed up. I go, uh, I am 6-3-1 and one against the spread this year so far. How? I have no freaking clue. You are 5-4-1 and one thus far. And we're going to make some picks here in a moment. And we can go ahead and get going, actually. I, I made this pick last week, and I'm going to stick with it this week. I'll take Marshall to win by 14 to 17 points. We'll go... Uh, We'll go 38-21 Marshall over East Carolina. Your pick. Um, yeah, you know, I think Marshall definitely more complete team than what we saw this past week. I don't think they're near as good on defense. But I think their offense is going to pose some challenges. ECU is not playing at home, so I think they'll give up some points. I'm going to go Marshall 35, ECU Twenty-four. Okay, so you are. So I'm t- going Marshall. Taking Marshall minus the ten. Big spot here for Cincinnati. By the way, uh, I've said all my life, adult life, that conference pride is stupid. And for those of you who are into such things, are you rooting for Cincinnati this weekend? Do you care? They're splitting town. Should we root for them? I mean, I whatever. If you want to, do it. If not, who cares? has nothing to do with uh with with how we play uh cincinnati is a three and a half point favorite on the road at indiana i'm I'm gonna believe that luke fickle and cincinnati is the real deal and is a legit top 10 team and they go into bloomington and win that game by a touchdown plus i'll take cincinnati yeah yeah i'm taking the bearcats here I, i think they are a complete team i mean they have everybody back indiana has not looked great this year no so i don't know indiana i think will play defense i don't know if i think cincinnati can smother them yeah like 27 to 17 type of deal i'm gonna go cincinnati 
All right, another big opportunity for Pratt and the Green Wave of Tulane as they are on the road against Ole Miss. Uh, this is 8 o'clock ESPN2, Stephen. Ole Miss, I saw them absolutely destroy Louisville and just go up and down the field on them. I did not see their Week 2 game. Tulane put up how many points last week? 69. 69-20 to 20 against Morgan State. That's what gave up 20 to Morgan State. Uh, good point there. Uh, I think I know what you're going to do then. What are you going to do? I'm taking Ole Miss to win this game. I think rather comfortably, like 49 to 31 or something like that. Like I just think that Tulane's defense is not there. You know, they made a coordinator change in the offseason and they're going through some lumps there. So I'm going, and they lost their two best pass rushers. I'm going Tulane. Or, it, uh, I'm going Ole Miss. I, I think I needed you to say that. I, I, when you started talking, uh, a 49 to 24 score popped in my head, something like that. I'm going to take Ole Miss at home as well, as they'll be chunking it around the yard. Who on did Ole Miss even play last week? Saturday night, I'm going to say uh, a scrub a dub, but I will check who they played. Uh, they were. I want to see how their offense looks against like a really good defense Tulane pretty good but like an SEC defense uh yeah they played Austin P so basically both teams almost had a de facto bye yeah. so I'm, I'm going to Ole Miss playing at home I think Tulane like uh, yeah they were playing inspired ball at Oklahoma it was a great game but they also had a new coordinator with some new stuff and now that they've had two games to scout I think Ole Miss will have a little bit better idea of what they're going to do um and I think they win. I think it'll be a good first half, though. All right. Igloo will have his pick for this one before I even finish reading the game. Alabama's a 15-and-a-half-point favorite against Florida. Uh, Alabama. I mean, this is... I actually finished the game. I, you took it longer I than I thought. I didn't know who they were playing. 15-and-a-half? Give me Alabama all day. It feels so low, doesn't it? Uh, I don't care if it's on the road, at home. I think... It'll be like 14 to 10 at halftime, and then Alabama will end up winning like 31 to 14. I don't know. Bama might have 14 at the end of the first quarter. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. We got one more to pick. There's some decent. I don't want to do Auburn, Penn State, just because I don't know anything about those teams, really. We can. But South Carolina, Georgia, just Let's for do fun. That. Let's do that. All right, do it officially? Yeah. All right. Georgia's a 31-point favorite against South Carolina. Which way are you going? I think South Carolina's defense is fairly legit. But the I, problem is I just, I just don't know if they're going to score. I mean, it's like they could lose 38-6 to six and they would not cover. But I'm going to go like 38-10. And I'm, I'm going to go South Carolina coverage barely. Wow. Okay. 31 is a lot for a conference game. It really tells you what people think about South Carolina. And, you know, maybe they get Doty back, but does that even matter? I don't know. I don't know. Is Georgia's offense – Georgia scored 10 points against Clemson? Yeah. Like, is their offense all world? You might be onto something there, Stephen. They're going to go up and put out 56 now. I just want to take the under, under 48, I think. Um, 31. Give me uh, – Give me South Carolina. Now, over under six and a half first downs in the game for South Carolina. Wow, that's a real thing? No, I just made it Oh, up. over. 
Is that did I make that too low? Yeah, I think I think more like eight and a half, nine. Maybe. Can I get double digits? Six first and a half. Hands? You put together one good drive, you're getting four or five. Okay, they're not going to put together one good drive. They will. I should say first downs from non penalties because you can get a pass interference yeah. or something to help you get down the field. Um, all right, well I'll throw that one out. All right, the picks are in. Um, did you watch that game last Saturday? I night? did. Miami uh, App State. That was an awesome game. App State's the real deal, man. They are. I mean, we we talked about it. They honestly probably should have won that game, but I mean, they look just as good as Miami, if not better in some phases. So. You know, it'll be interesting to see. What if South Carolina goes up and competes a little bit better than what we expect with Georgia? I mean, I really think they've got a really good defense. I just, you know, that offense was all out of sorts. But you could tell watching, like, Zeb Nolan live that he was getting frustrated with some like some of the missed throws. He would react like the guy was running the wrong route. So I think that they've got some issues they can clean up and be a little better offensively. They're not going to be good offensively in the SEC, but they can score like 10 or 17 points if it all comes together all right um our buddy benjamin who uh told us to move on from last week has put his prediction in and i'm writing it down benjamin so we can give you credit next week if you're right he's got ecu 37 to 30 over marshall benjamin if that happens i'll be the happiest man on the face of the earth because we'll have a fun fifth quarter biggest win of the mike houston era no doubt mike houston says no doubt doesn't he no doubt no doubt no doubt uh i will uh i will uh i would love for that to happen benjamin now question benjamin next tuesday should we even look back at the marshall game no uh, so now you got me in a pickle benjamin we gotta spend five days starting monday breaking down charleston southern <laughs> i'm in a real pickle here benjamin joe calm down Benjamin, <laughs> fair weather idiot. Benjamin, I want to. I want to. If you're right on next Tuesday, I want to. I want to say that you're right. But if I do that, that would technically be me looking back to last Saturday, which you don't want us to do. So I don't know what to do. I. This is stupid. This is stupid. I don't know, man. I need. I gotta. I gotta. I gotta figure out what I'm gonna do next week, Stephen. Because once Tuesday hits, no looking behind back. You. Yeah, don't even don't even look behind you. So uh, I took the rear view mirrors off my honestly, vehicle. Honestly, twenty four hour rule should be in effect. So by the time you get to Monday's PRL, you should be totally locked in. Don't even mention yeah. what happened over the weekend. You just mention ECU's record and moving on to Charleston Southern. Honestly, I won't even. I'm not even upset about that because after a fifth quarter on Saturday, I'm pretty much done with that right, game. Right. But for our listening audience and for other people, um, we have to talk about it. <sighs> I don't know. <laughs> All right, we got to move on from Benjamin. Benjamin is saying that he, oh. that you have to move on regardless of a win or a loss. So. A win, yes. A loss, yes. So my answer is yes. He's saying yes. What was the question? I think the answer is yes. He doesn't want you to look back no matter the result. All right. Tuesday. No more recapping on Tuesday. Just for Benjamin. We have a special Benjamin feed that he picks up that only looks at the game coming up. For some of you other folks that don't have the Benjamin VIP feed, we will recap some of the games from the previous week. <laughs> Chandler, do you like this Benjamin segment? This is a cool, this is a fun segment. Steven, you got to go. 
What is your excitement level for Denver Broncos football 2021? Not to look back, but, you know, they won. You know, I'm honestly glad we're doing this on a Tuesday because if you would ask me on Monday, I would have said like a seven. <laughs> and wait, now Benjamin <laughs> is saying yes, look back is what I mean. Benjamin! Benjamin! What are you talking about? You just told us to look forward. Now you're saying look back no matter what? Benjamin, you have turned my brain to mush. I don't understand, man. I don't know what you want from us. It could be a total goat rodeo. You you want you don't want us to look back. You want us to look back. You got me turning in circles. I'm dizzy. I'm dizzy, Benjamin. Come on. Turn into Dickie V. Why he turned? I don't know, baby. <laughs> Benjamin's got me turning into Dickie V. Bro. <laughs> what a show. Uh, I'm sorry, what'd you say? I don't know. I gotta get out of here. See you, buddy. Broncos' excitement level is at a five. All right. Looking ahead, who you got week two? The Jaguars. Ha <laughs> There you go. But I'm very concerned that, uh... No chance. Let down game. Great pick by me, by the way, to look back for a moment, picking the uh, Texans to beat the Jags. Is that in Jacksonville? It is. Sir. Urban Meyer will probably be the USC coach by Sunday, Stephen. They're going to be in shambles. You're this good. This is back-to-back East Coast road games, though, for Denver. Never a oh, good thing. Not a bad... Uh, Although, I mean, if Trevor Lawrence can't figure out the Texans, I think Denver stands a much better chance to intercept him multiple times. <laughs> All right. I go. We'll take a break. We'll come back. Um, let's make somebody a winner, Shirley Rhodes. Could be Benjamin. Who knows? I hope it's Booty, Benjamin. booty, 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 booty everywhere. Booty, 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 booty everywhere. All right. 317 Shirley, what are we giving away today? Uh, let's do a large two-topping pizza from Domino's. All right. And what call are we looking for? 10. 10. 317-1250. Caller 10 is a winner. We're back with more after this. listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Carolina Heartscapes. Making memories with your family and friends is what life is all about. If you have a dream of having a backyard patio fireplace, pool walkways, fire pits, or more, then Carolina Heartscapes is the place to call. Get started on your dreams today at Carolina Heartscapes on Fire Tower Road across from Bostick Sun Furniture. Now, back to the show. Welcome back at Angel Oak. They continue to make customer service the number one priority a local mortgage advisor is the key to your transaction success. The combination of their local team's experience and Angel Oak's wide offerings of products from standard conventional, government, and portfolio loans has something for every financial situation. For more information, call Talbot Green, Joanne Weir, or Wanda Hager at 751-2060. And congratulations to Wayne Baker of Chacoinity. Picked up lunch, uh, excuse me, a large two-topping pizza from Domino's. Domino's of Greenville has three locations to take care of you. Every day, all three topping pizzas are only $7.99 each for carryout only. Order online today at dominoes.com. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip Brock. Back with you on Pirate Radio Live here on a Tuesday. Thank you for uh, tuning in today and to tuning in to our Bud Light ECU report brought to you by Bud Light. Pick up some when you are sitting around the computer screen watching ECU football on Facebook coming up this Saturday. And uh, that's going to be an interesting experience. I haven't even really thought about how I'm going to watch the game. 
we got to figure out a way to get it on the tv here yeah whether it be an hdmi or a automatic hookup or something there might be a like a facebook watch app that we can download or something on, on maybe the TV. so i think we can uh we can hook something up all right what and how, how do we do that <laughs> <laughs> how about this all right we how got- about you just <laughs> how about you just I'm let just me take care the, of it i'm just how about okay we got we got facebook <laughs> pulled up on Ugh. on the computer here right mm-hmm. we got right. the game on yep we've got an hdmi cord no no we got somebody's phone who is recording it live video on youtube we put our camera on this and we're we were we're putting it on live on youtube on a private channel so only we can get there but we can watch it on tv that way that's got to be the easiest way to do it (laughs) (laughs) that would work though right technically technically it would work okay but that's not the easiest way to do it (laughs) i think it would be kind of hilarious i'm just saying if last resort that's what we're gonna do last resort yeah not a bad idea like papa roach once said this is my last resort mm-hmm. that Put was my funny life man into pieces what was funny that that right there but i'm at a last from that exchange with benjamin what do you what, no we're not looking back at uh, that exchange sorry. we gotta look forward sorry although benjamin did say he would like us to look back i think if he if he see wins we can look back if they lose we can't look back yeah and like oasis said don't look back in anger so sally says <laughs> sally in the soup kitchen <laughs> should, we, should we look back at that do you think joe will call on saturday i hope so <laughs> yeah i just hope we have some miscommunications in the gaps so, so he can call about the gaps again seven freaking gaps, gaps! A lot of gaps in that defense. He said, I don't know, Coach. I think we're a bunch of dumbasses. <laughs> he really, yeah, went into Matt Foley there towards the end of the call. Uh, we appreciate the uh, everybody tuning in and chiming in. It made for uh, a good show for the listeners. Kind of rough on us, but that's part of the deal, man. I mean, we're with you before and after every game. On the Bud Light pregame tailgate and U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show, it'll be no different coming up on this Saturday where we're, we, where we will be. Whoa, 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 We're with you. We'll hear from B. Pace Saturday probably. Two o'clock Bud Light pregame tailgate, fifth quarter, right after the game ends, which will be 9.30-ish, 9.45 probably, the way these football games go. So we'll, uh, we'll have a, a night edition of the U.S. Sailor Fifth Quarter Call-In Show taking your calls. Looking forward to some great uh, familia and mm. tiebreakers on Saturday. Uh, so I tell you what, we have gone, and I know we'll win on on Saturday with our pregame and postgame meals, but man, those first two ball games that we've had, we have had some awesome, awesome food um, with tiebreakers. And man, the Warren's hot dogs last week was phenomenal. So, uh, can't wait for the Familia coming up this Saturday. Uh, this may shock you looking at my appearance, but I had two sausage dogs before <gasps> the game Saturday. I had two sausage dogs when I got home Saturday night no. watching football. I had one sausage dog on Sunday what? before NFL kickoff. I went five dogs deep, deep. in a span wow. of... Well, it was over 24 hours, I guess. 
yeah so in 24 hours i had five dogs you know why i had five because th- that was all like, there wasn't any more i would have had more probably yeah because there's a four o'clock game and then a night game i, I gotta have a dog for every game right but anyway thanks to warren's hot dogs mm. and uh tiebreakers as well dominoes uh good stuff chad says you guys should watch the game on facebook live and broadcast on facebook live so i can watch you guys on facebook live watching the ecu game on facebook live huh that's uh we could do that we need to do a football watch along at some point at this some season. point in this in this season we'll uh we'll pick a game we've already got a watch along scheduled and that is the east carolina oklahoma basketball game yes myrtle beach invitational coming up in november uh is on a thursday i believe like two days yeah. before ecu takes on navy later in the year yeah so uh i can't wait for that i'm, I'm ready for uh watch along season again watch along season will be back uh also i think we have one planned for cowboys washington with myself billy weaver brian Medor, Chandler. you'll probably be oh, here to watch it, right yes um I, i'll be here to watch the game but mostly to watch you guys and y'all's reaction and y'all's interaction with each other and i believe i have a family obligation the sunday of the panthers washington game so i won't be able to watch that one with you that might change but i think for now according to the i thought we were family (laughs) look when we're here we're family chandler but i just won't be here it's like it's going to be like that it has you to be. don't ever turn your back on family <laughs> whatever family it is what are you vin diesel <laughs> that's exactly where i was going with that good job um unfortunately uh, i might be unavailable or i might be if i'm available if you're not it's fine we'll watch the panthers and washington game together uh, at some point right hell i might not be watching football by that point in the season the way it's going right now i might not even be a football fan anymore clip calm down dude it's I might. Just, we're approaching week two. I've been looking for. Well, I haven't been looking for, but I, I do. I need some other hobbies. Sports sucks. Golf. It makes me mad. That is a sport. I need a non-sport oh. knitting. Uh, bunko, Shirley. That's a sport. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it doesn't get physical. Compete. No. Okay. Want to compete? There is a level of competition. We have a good bunch. There, it's a comp, it's a competition, but not a sport. Correct. It's a, it's a game it's a game all right uh yeah i need to find something else other than sports it just it bums me out but it makes me so happy all at the same time all right let's get our final break in we'll come back we will wrap up a weird tuesday edition of pirate radio live and set you up for wednesday's program and uh we'll run down the guests and wrap it up when we return after this to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Carolina Heartscapes. Making memories with your family and friends is what life is all about. If you have a dream of having a backyard patio fireplace, pool walkways, fire pits, or more, then Carolina Heartscapes is the place to call. Get started on your dreams today at Carolina Heartscapes on Fire Tower Road, across from Bostick Sun Furniture. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Taking a quick look at your stock market report for today. 
today, the Dow was down 292 points at 34,577. NASDAQ was down 67 at 15,037, and the uh, S&P was down 25 at 4,443. That's your Wells Fargo Advisors financial report for a personal look into investing. Call Wells Fargo Advisors today at uh, 756-6900 in Greenville. Wells Fargo Advisors, LLC, member SIPC. Now back to you, Clip. All righty, wrapping it up. Thanks for tuning in on this Tuesday. Coming up Wednesday, we'll talk a lot more pirate football with the voice of Jeff Charles. Uh, sorry, Benjamin. We'll look back at the loss to South Carolina and look ahead to Marshall. Also, Bryce Williams. He sent me some uh, disappointed texts during the game on Saturday. He was watching. So uh, we'll get his thoughts on ECU football 2021. We'll have uh, also Wager McGee join us to get you set for week three of the college football season. College football heavy, ECU heavy, coming up Wednesday on Pirate Radio Live as we'll uh, get you set for ECU and Marshall. Thanks for tuning in today. For Shirley Rhodes, Chandler Honeycutt, I'm Cliff Brock. We'll see you Wednesday at 3 on Pirate Radio Live. So long, everybody. Thanks for listening to Pirate Radio Live, an exclusive presentation of the voice of the Pirate Nation.